What is up, YouTube? We are live out at Covert Bee Cave in beautiful Bee Cave, Texas, and it is finally game day. This is the Texas Sports Unfiltered pre-game show. BK alongside Bucky Godbolt, our man Brock Engineering here out at Covert, and we are getting you ready for game one of the 2023 season as the Texas Longhorns get set to take on the Rice Owls, 2.30 kickoff at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. Buck, it's been a long time, but it is finally here. Happy game day, my friend. Yeah, and the same to you. And uh, to the Covert family, thank you, the Motor Company. Thank you so very much for having us out here. But it is game day. We look forward to being here. We look forward to being with you all season long right here out in beautiful Bee Cave. That's right, Texas, USA, America. We are live, and it is going to be an awful lot of fun. We've got a lot to do. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, game one, the most important game is game one. You know, that, most, that most important step in a journey, BK, is the first step. And for the Texas Longhorns, 2023, this is their first step right here. Absolutely, absolutely. Taking on the Rice Owls, Texas, a 35-point favorite in this one. Everybody knows what's coming up next week, but like you said, Buck, the Longhorns have to take care of business today. Texas has not lost to Rice since 1994. Who was on the sideline the last time Texas lost to Rice? That would be me. Yeah, you can blame Makovic. You don't have to blame yourself. That would be me, McAvick, and others. How's that? <laughs> oh, man. And Texas has not lost to Rice in Austin since 1965. Nobody's expecting that today. But it's exciting, man. Game day, the first game of the season. It means a lot to the players. It means a lot to the coaches. Because this is their first opportunity to show off what they've done over the last seven months. You know, we as fans, we've just been sitting around waiting for football to get here. Uh, the players, the coaches, the guys in that locker room, they haven't been sitting around. They've been working their tails off to get ready for this moment, and now they finally get the chance to showcase everything that they've been doing to get ready for the season. Yeah, we get to predict. They get to play. They have to make it come true, and I, I know they have big things in mind, and getting to the uh, Big 12 championship is probably number one. But uh, as I said, they take care of quarter by quarter, game by game. Next week is next week. Today is today, and there's a team in front of them they don't want to lose either. They're not the sacrificial lamb. Now, for some, it may be the sacrificial lamb, but for the for the young men that will be playing in this game, they're here to win. They're here to try to get it done, the Rice Owls. But for the Texas, there are bigger things that they're going to be shooting for. But it all still starts with game number one, BK. Absolutely. The Longhorns and the Rice Owls. We've got a two-hour pregame show, so we'll be taking you all the way until 2 o'clock right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We appreciate you all tuning in on YouTube. We appreciate you all tuning in on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app, and we've got a pretty badass studio. Yes, we do. Thanks to our friends at Covert Bee Cave. We really appreciate them for having us out. And we will also have a post-game show after the game. A friendly reminder, join Trey Elling and Kevin Dunn for the post-game show immediately after the clock hits triple zeros at the end of the fourth quarter. We will have you set wire-to-wire coverage right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. All right, Brock. We've got some audio to play, if you would be so kind. We're going to start with cut number four. We'll let you hear from the head coach a few different times over the course of today's pregame show. Here is Steve Sarkeesian. This was his opening comments about the Rice Owls on Thursday. Well, as I touched on Monday, it's an exciting time, and I think our players did a really good job this week of being present day in and day out. It was something that we really challenged them with. You know, We came in Monday 
morning for the team meeting, you could feel that everybody was a little giddy. They were excited. They knew it was game week. They wanted it to be game day on Monday. And the reality of it is we needed a good week of preparation. And uh, we just challenged them to be present each day and to focus on what we were working on today. And uh, I think that they did that all the way up and through up and through practice this morning, uh, really kind of focused on what they need to do. Um, ultimately, we're going to learn a lot about our team here on Saturday um, of, of kind of who's in the right mental space, who's in the right physical space to perform. Um, I think we have a pretty good understanding of some of the veterans, but I think we need there's a lot to be learned about for some of the new players that uh, we're going to be counting on this season. So we're excited about it. We're excited for the season. So there's Steve Sarkeesian talking about the mindset. And that's important in a game like this, Buck. Like, everybody knows Texas should win this game. They're five touchdown favorites against Rice. I don't think anybody's expecting this one to be close. But it is still important for the players to have that mindset of, no, we can't look ahead to Alabama. We can't be focused on winning a Big 12 championship today. We've got to be focused on today and today only. That's what Sark has been preaching all week long. we got to see that from the guys on the field. Yeah, I mean, let your let your parents, let your girlfriends, let them focus on next week. They'll be in your ear all about, well, the big one is next week. But you as a player, you've got to focus on the, the task at hand. And the task at hand is to make sure that you're in the proper position. You're doing all the things that the coaches have talked with you about, the things that you've been working on actually since January, the preparation, you know, and, and winter workouts, the preparation and, and fall camp, that spring ball, fall camp. That's that's what you have to work on as a player. And that's what the head coach is expecting to see. And that's what all the coaches are ex expecting to see. They're expecting to see individuals do the things that really makes a team come together and win football games, and that all starts today. Absolutely. Let's start with the quarterback, shall we? Quinn Ewers, his second season as the starting quarterback at the University of Texas. Last year, very up and down, right? He got off to a tremendous start to the year, had a great first game against ULM, had a great first quarter against Alabama. I mean, he was picking Nick Saban's defense apart. He goes down with the collarbone injury, has to miss the next three and a half games, comes back. The Oklahoma game, he's awesome. Texas beats Oklahoma 49 to nothing. Every Longhorn fan remembers that game incredibly well. And then Quinn Ewers, it felt like he was on top of the world. And we as Texas fans are like, oh, man, we are set at the quarterback position for the next couple of years. This guy is the guy. All the hype around him coming out of high school is legit, and we're good. Well, the second half of the season, we saw a lot of inconsistencies from the starting quarterback at Texas. Quinn Ewers has completely transformed his body. He's lost about 20 pounds. He obviously cut the mullet. That was such a part of his brand, both in high school and last year. He's a different quarterback, Buck. We've heard a lot about it throughout fall camp. He's talked about it. His teammates have talked about it. Sark has talked about it. Now we get to see Quinn Ewers be about it today. What do you want to see from QB1 against Russ? Well, I want to see this young man in the leadership role that he's supposed to be in as the, as the quarterback of the University of Texas football team. He needs to be the leader. He needs to show leadership when, whether things are going good or whether something happens bad. Hopefully nothing happened, no, no catastrophes, but there are going to be some, some peaks and some valleys for this young man during the course of today, not just throughout the season, but today you'll find there'll be things that aren't quite going his way. How he handles those things, that will be the most important thing that I'm looking for today. Not just him, his accuracy and the other things, but his leadership skills, how he leads this football team when he's not on the field. What's he going to do on the sideline? Is he going to be leading the defense? He is the leader. He's the true leader of the football team, which most quarterbacks are. Yeah. And they don't only lead the, the offense, they lead the entire football team. So I'm going to be looking for his ability to lead this entire football team today. And I think he'll do that. I think he showed a lot of maturity. I think I saw that. You know, we didn't get to see much of spring ball, but 
I saw that in, in the media availability in the spring when he met with the media uh, of, of the Big 12. He looked like the kid that wanted, put this on my shoulders. I think I can take this now. I've done all the things that I needed to do to, to, to have, whether, whether it's cutting my hair, which I didn't really give a damn about. Cutting your hair, who cares? I mean, his body physically looks like he's ready to go. He looks like he's mentally prepared to play. But that was very, very important. Last year, I think this football team put all that stuff on his shoulders, and he wasn't ready to carry that. They had a number of players, Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson. They had guys that could carry that load. This kid wasn't able to do that. But I can tell by the way he handles his media events that he can handle it now. Just bring it to me. Put it on my shoulders. I can carry this football team, and that's good to see. Yeah, Buck, it's not only the look that's different for Quinn Ewers in 2023. It is the personality. It is the mindset that you talked about. And I do think he's a much better leader sure. now for this Texas team this year than he was last year. And it's understandable that he had that deer in the headlights type of look at times last year. I mean, we're talking about a guy that should have been a true freshman. We're talking about a guy that basically hadn't played a season of football in the last two years. He was trying to make his way on campus for the very first time, right? Learning where everything sure. is, learning where his classes are, learn his teammates, and then obviously go be quarterback at the University of Texas. That's a big deal. He's got that stuff all figured out now, right? He's got that year under his belt. He knows his role. He knows the offense. He knows the guys in the locker room. That stuff's not an excuse for Quinn Ewers, but I don't expect that to be a problem. I think he's just going to be more cool, calm, and collected both on the field but also off the field too. Yeah, and this has been this has been something that uh, Coach Sarkeesian has tried to develop with him. I mean, second year in this offense, he should understand where the ball should go, where the ball shouldn't go. I mean, who's the second receiver? Who's my third look? I mean, he needs to understand every part, every aspect of what this offense is about. And I think now he's had enough time to do that. Now it's all about a matter of getting it done in games and not just at, on the practice field. Absolutely. And we're looking for Quinn Ewers to stay healthy today too, right? I mean, that's a big thing for both teams, but of course for the University of Texas, uh, you hope nobody gets hurt. Obviously the heat is going to be a major, major factor this afternoon. It's not a factor here as you are wearing a blanket out at Covert Bee Cave. What is that, a quilt? What do we have it there? It is a quilt. This is when I crossed the border and came back. That's right. <laughs> Did you steal that <laughs> from someone? I got six of these for like five bucks. Is that quilt illegal? Yes, it is. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's chilly in here. We've got great AC out of Covert this B Cave. This place is unbelievable, man. This is. It's still. It's like a dream when you sit here. It's like our own studio. We have our own, our own YouTube studio right here in front of everybody today. And it, I know. Once again, I can't thank the Covert family for what they've done for us, and Dan Covert, and of course Mike and Stacy. I mean, these people have today off. Some of them, they are here for us. They are. They're on their day off where they could be out shooting birds. Yep, and they've got the AC working in here. The AC is not going to be existent no. on the field at DKR. I mean, no, it's it going to be, be over 100, but on the field, on the turf, it's going to be 130, 140, 150. It's going to be insane. So, And that's obviously. a part of Quinn Ewers. That's a part yeah. of the, the things that when we talk about it, where is he going to be? Is he going to be over at the Gatorade stand, or will he be rooting on the defense when the defense is out on the field? Those are part of those leadership. Those are those small things that really, really mount to big things and really brings you closer and closer to the team. As I said, Quinn Ewers is not just the quarterback of the offense. He's the leader of the team. He's the deep, he's 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 the guy who controls what the defense does too and their and how they feel about him. So this is a this is a big test for him, even in game number one. I know they're playing against Rice and people will say, Well, this isn't a big test. They're all big tests. Every time he steps on the field, when he wears that burnt orange, it will be a test for him. And he'll get one today.
forget just today. What are your expectations for Quinn Ewers this season? Do we expect him to be more consistent than he was last year? Could he be in the running for conference player of the year? Some people think he could be a dark horse Heisman contender this year. If you look at the Vegas odds, he's kind of top five or six in terms of those to win the most prestigious individual award in college football. You think uh, we could see that type of season from Quinn this year? Well, if he can get this football team to a Big 12 championship game, Yes, big things will happen for him because it's going to all be – he'll be surrounded by some really talented wide receivers, still some talented running backs, even though two of the great ones are gone. He will still be surrounded by some good – and an offensive line that should be fabulous in year number two as they get together as youngsters and start to become men on that offensive line. He should have a big year. It's all about what Quinn does himself. Is he going to gather – is he going to do the, the fundamentals of the quarterback position well enough to get to those places that you talk about him getting – can he get to New York? Well, sure he can get to New York. If this team does well and he brings this team along with him, sure he can. He can he can break all kinds of records. He's got the opportunity to do a lot of great things at Texas, and it starts today. And it starts with a team that a lot of people are, are kind of doubting, thinking that, wow, what a nice scrimmage this is for yep. him. It's been a hard week of practice. Probably a week of practice was harder than this football game is going to be. But the speed of the game changes when that uniform on the other side of you is different. It really does. A lot of weird things happen in a football game. And, you know, there have been upsets before. There have been, I mean, as I said, things don't happen perfect in game number one. Mm -hmm. And for folks that are thinking they're going to see a perfect football game by the Texas Long, now you should see a winning football game by the Texas Long, but it won't be perfect. No. There'll be somebody that'll jump off sides. There'll be, there'll be somebody with a personal foul throughout the game. You don't want to see a lot of that. But things happen in game number one that you won't see in game number two. So expect the unexpected in game number one. But what I do expect from Quinn Ewers is his footwork to be better than we, what we saw last year. I expect his footwork to look like, a, like it did in the bowl game against Washington, where he played a really, really good football game in that, football, in that game. So yeah. I expect him to look the same way I saw him in, at, the, at the Washington game in the Alamo Bowl, but a little bit better as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, there are a number of reasons you should be tuned in to the Texas Sports Unfiltered pregame show. And if you are already tuned in, thank you very much. If uh, you know somebody who's not listening, Maybe tell them to listen. Absolutely. We've got you covered. We're also giving stuff away today. We've got gift cards to give away. We've got tickets to the Austin Duck Adventures. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Ride, splash, quack. There it is. That's what I wanted. I've been waiting for that all off season long to hear the uh, duck boat sound Absolutely. from the buck. We're giving stuff away. All you have to do is be watching this video, be subscribed to the channel, give this video a like, and leave a comment. The comment can be whatever you want. We hope it's about Texas and Rice, a score prediction, a question, an observation, whatever you want to mention. And I will be checking our YouTube comment line brought to you by our friends at Clean, Clean Cause. Cause. I love the folks at Clean Cause. 50% of the profits support individuals in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. That is 50%, not 10, not 20, not 30, not 40, but 50% of the profits that they receive at Clean Cause goes right back to folks needing the help in the Austin area for sure. They've got all kinds of flavors now, cherry lime, orange, ginger, the whole works. This is better than coffee. This is not like a coffee blast. It doesn't have the kind of caffeine that coffee has in it, so you, you don't get as jittery, but it is tasty. It really, really is, and, and I love the folks over there. The yerba mate that they have is absolutely fantastic, so I want to thank the folks at Clean Cause. 50% goes back to folks in recovery. That's awesome. It is. It really is. Being 23 years sober, 
Believe me, I love the folks at Clean Cause. Absolutely. Great people over there. All right, let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian. We'll go with cut number one, Brock. Here is Sark a couple of days ago talking about the opponent, the Rice Owls. This is a veteran team uh, with a veteran coaching staff. Uh, got a lot of respect for Coach Bloomgrim, his staff. Uh, Marcus Tuiasasopa worked for me you know, years ago. Um, Pete Alomar, the special teams coordinator coming in from Stanford. Uh, you know, Brian Smith, the defensive coordinator, has been there with him. So they, they got a veteran staff. They have a veteran team. Now they have a veteran quarterback who, quite frankly, I think this is a perfect fit for JT because uh, knowing how they, they want to run plays at Rice and, and all of the audibling and things that they do at the line of scrimmage and, and trying to get into the best play, I think JT is a, a great fit for them. He can make all the throws. And then their style with the, with the run game, the play-action pass, um, I think really, really fits him. So I think it's a good marriage for JT and it's, it's a great get for, for, for coach Bloomgrim and rice and it creates a lot of challenges that way because they're not going to run a lot of bad plays schematically Saturday. So we, we're going to need to be sound. Yeah. That's obviously the biggest storyline for the rice owls. You heard Sark talking about JT. He's obviously talking about JT Daniels, the new quarterback at rice, not the new quarterback in college football. That guy's <laughs> been playing since you were coaching, I think at the university of Texas, but JT Daniels, he's been at USC. He's been at Georgia. He's been at West Virginia. He's actually played a couple of games at DKR. He's and two. He hasn't been terrible in those games, but the Longhorns have gotten the better of him a couple of different times in his ridiculously long college career. He's the big storyline, the highest ranked recruited player in the history of that rice football program. And if rice is able to do anything offensively, and if they're able to keep Texas fans a little squeamish in their seats at DKR this afternoon, it's going to be because their 18th-year quarterback puts together a strong performance. Yeah, and as, as you said, he's been a little bit of every place. I mean, this guy, and he hasn't been a bad quarterback. He just seeks out a place where he can be the starter on his next – I hope this is the last trip he can take. I hope so, too. I mean, because this is his fourth, this is his fourth place, and for JT Daniels, he hasn't been a bad quarterback. He's close to 7,000 yards in his career. Uh, so he's he's right on the cusp of being more than just a okay quarterback. You know what? He, as he came out of high school, one of the most touted quarterbacks um, in his class when that time came in, and most touted one of the most touted quarterbacks playing the position of quarterbacks. I mean, he, NFL scouts thought this possibly could be a first round draft pick when he first came out of high school yeah. and getting ready to enter USC. So he's he's quite capable. But are the teammates around him capable enough to get it done against a very very talented? Strong physical team like the University of Texas on a very hot day. Yeah, the Daryl K. Memorial Memorial Stadium. It will be hot. <sighs> Do they have the depth to hang with Texas? I don't think so. I think this is going to be a tough day for JT Daniels. But as I said, he doesn't just give the ball away. He's not that kind of quarterback. He's never been that kind of quarterback yeah. in his career. He's not going to hand it over to you. You're going to have to work for it. Sure. We mentioned that JT Daniels is 0-2 in Austin in his college career. He lost as a USC Trojan and right. as a West Virginia Mountaineer. Uh, the talent around him at both of those places a lot better than the talent he's got around him at Rice. So, oh, for sure. Even if JT Daniels is a solid quarterback, even you will in some air conditioning. You're an all-step there. You would definitely be there too. Hundred percent, hundred percent. He might not be phased, but the the rest of that rice bunch, like that, they're just going to be overmatched. And usually, when you talk about games like this, when you've got a top ten to fifteen powerhouse program going up against a smaller G five school, you notice the biggest difference on the offensive and defensive lines. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, what 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 do they do? I mean, they're going to have to sacrifice something to gain something. 
will this be a team today in the Rice Owls that primarily wants to throw the ball down the field, that they want to use a pro-style offense, throw it down the field, test this, I think, very good secondary University of Texas, or are they going to try to establish the run? I don't think they're going to be able, BK, to establish the run game against Texas. That, that would be the one thing as a coach I'd like to be able to do. We always want to talk about establishing the run. You know, you start talking about your keys to victory. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to say establish the run. Well, you can't beat your head against the wall trying to establish your run against a powerful defensive line like the University of Texas. So you're going to have to take some chances. JT Daniels is going to have to throw the ball down the field. He's got Luke McCaffrey, brother of – that's right. That's his brother, wide receiver Luke McCaffrey. There's one of the kids that you can't let get loose. So you got to – you know, you, you got to you got to pick your poison. And the poison I think they're trying to pick is better than the poison yeah. of running the ball and banging your head against the wall. You're absolutely – yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. They can't do that. They're not going to have a day of running against this Texas defense. You know, there was a game that Rice played last year against UTSA where they had 32 carries for five yards. Yes. That's what I want to see in the stat line today for this Texas defense, right? Like, okay, it doesn't need to only be five yards, but I want this Texas defensive line to dominate. And you're sure. right. Like you, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what Mike Bloomgren and Rice is going to try to do on offense to move the ball against this Texas defense because there's no doubt Texas's defense is incredibly talented and Rice is overmatched from just an on-paper talent standpoint. But what is their game plan? Do they try to run the football, control the clock? That's usually the David versus Goliath type sure. of blueprint like you're talking about. Or do they use their best player? Like JT Daniels is their best player. Luke McCaffrey is their second best player on offense. Do they try to use the pass to set up the run a little bit against this Texas defense? I don't know. I hope neither of them work. I don't think anything Rice does offensively is really going to work. I'd be surprised if they end up with more than 14 points in this game, and I might be being very generous to Rice by right. saying they could even get two touchdowns on the board against this Texas defense. But, yeah, what what do they try? Because tradition would say they do try to set up the run, but do they maybe try to flip the script a little bit? A little hope, short passing yeah, game to start it out. Yeah, you JT know? Daniels can get something going early to maybe instill some doubt in this Texas defense. Well, and, and, and that's in the short passing game because I don't see him being able to drop five-step drops, seven-step drops, have any time to throw the ball down the field. Uh, I, think the, I think the pass rush and the pressure that Texas will bring on him on five-step, seven-step drop is going to be too much for that offensive line. There's just too many skilled guys on the defensive line and powerful guys on the defensive line for Texas. And if they get an outside rush, if they get a pass rush, look out. Rice can be in an awful lot of trouble. That can be the real, real problems, especially if they're trying to get depth on their drops and throw the ball down the field. Now, if they if they come out and they're running, you know, three-step drops, get rid of the ball as quick as possible, you better make sure that you're accurate. He has to be accurate with that, or you're going to see a lot of three and outs, a lot of punts, and a lot of Xavier Worthy taking the ball back the other way on some mm -hmm. of these punt returns, or Texas going after blocks and finding themselves in really good field position. Yeah, you talk about things to watch for today. One thing that I really want to see from this Texas group is I want to see this defensive line feast. Yeah, right? You talked about it. Like, I, I want JT Daniels to be running for his life. I think you're right. I think Rice's passing game plan will be quick drops, get the sure. ball out of JT Daniels' hand quick because they know they are going to be overmatched in the trenches today. But still, I want to see this Texas defensive line because, Buck, this group has been hyped up all offseason long by the coaches – by the players, by the fans. I mean, everybody is super excited to see what this defensive line, especially the interior of this defensive line, can bring to the table. They've got to dominate. They've got to impose their will against Rice. I want to see 
uh, consistent pass rush. I know it's Rice. I understand that just because Texas's D-line plays well today doesn't necessarily mean they're going to dominate the rest of the season. But I want to see these guys feast both, the, both against the run and against the pass. Texas has talent. They've got depth. They've got experience. I want to see a number of different players wreaking havoc in that Rice backfield. Yeah, and not just the starters because the, the starters, Texas last year, had a lot of rotational players on that defensive line. So it's not about just the starters, you know, and Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy, you know, Ethan Burke, you know, some of these guys, it's it's going to be the guys that are behind those. Those guys are going to play. They're going to play pretty pretty quickly too. These guys aren't going to be in there for three, four series in a row. They're going to be substituted. They did it a lot last year. I expect them to do a lot of that this year. But these guys, another year older and another year into this scheme uh, of what they're doing defensively, I expect to see a lot of players on that Texas, and especially the defensive line, a lot of rotation uh, in a game that's going to be so very, very hot today. Rice, on the other hand, BK, they have offensive line-wise, they're little. Yep. That's that's a little group. That's they're, they're, We're talking about a, a team that, you know, when you're having guys that are 270, maybe a couple 300-pounders, but not very many of them height-wise. You know, you're talking about guys 6'2", 6'3". We're not talking about 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Players. They've got one guy at six seven. Other than that, they're six four, six three. That's going to be tough on them, you know, with with the reach of some of these guys on the Texas deep. And Alfred Alfred Collins will be able to reach over guys and grab the quarterback, grab the running back. And you may see a lot of that. And we need to see a lot of that today. Yeah. Well, that's one of those guys that we need to see a lot from. Yes. Right. Alfred Collins. You talk about guys being hyped up this offseason. I'm not sure there was anybody on this Texas defense throughout the course of fall camp that has received more praise than big number 95. We've talked about it a lot on our show on Texas Sports Unfiltered. By the way, you can catch Bucky and BK weekday mornings from 8 to 10. And starting on Monday, we'll have live local content from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. All day long. All day long. So keep it locked in. Tell your friends and enemies, as our guy Chip Brown would say. Keep spreading the word. This is the only place you need to be getting your Texas Longhorn content. But uh, Alfred Collins, man, that is... That is the guy that we need to see a lot. Oh, hell, I'll come out of the box right now and say that's going to be my defensive player of the game anyway. We might as well start that. I mean, sure. I mean, we're going to talk about it anyway. Who who do we think? You know, we have sponsors for these wonderful uh, deals that we're doing. But I'm just going to say this. To me, might as well start right out of the blocks with that guy being the defensive player of the game. If he can't show that against this group at Rice, you know, because we have been waiting and waiting and waiting, and not everybody develops in their first two years or three years. But, hell, by the time you get to be a senior, that starts to be on you. Yeah. I mean, you know, all the coaching in the world, but eventually it's got to be on you. And I want to put it on him. I think this is a, this is a kid that has the body. He, hopefully he's aggressive enough, and he needs to be aggressive versus Rice, but he needs to carry that throughout. I mean, just like we talk about Quinn Ewers and his consistency with his footwork, Alfred Collins needs to be – consistent with his motor his motor needs to be running at all times in all the games not one game and then the fourth game not another game and then the seventh game I expect he's looking to be an NFL player and he's got all the NFL talent wise body wise he should be able to do that I think it's all about his heart and all about the, the way his motor will work and it should start today yeah I think a big term that a lot of Texas fans are going to be using talking about some of these players this year is contract year Right. I mean, this is an experienced Texas bunch. They've got a lot of upperclassmen starters on both sides of the football. And if guys put things together, they're going to be off to the NFL. And that's a good thing, by the way. Like, I get that that might scare you a little bit. And you're like, oh, well, we're going to the SEC next year. And BK, are you telling me we're about to lose like 15 players from this team? How are we going to make that transition? 
You look at the healthiest programs in the sport. You look at Georgia. You look at Alabama. You look at Ohio State, right? Those are the three that have kind of dominated things over the last decade or so. They're doing that every year. Right. They're sending guys, not just seniors who are out of eligibility. You know, they have to go to the NFL or they have to go with somebody else, uh, somewhere else. Those teams are sending guys to the league every year. Redshirt sophomores, juniors, they are going to the NFL draft and they just restock and reload. Yes, That's do. where you want Texas to be. So if we're having these conversations at the end of the year where, yeah, Texas is losing a bunch of guys to the NFL draft, Buck, that means Texas had a really good season and a lot of the Alfred Collinses and Quinn Ewers of the world, that means they were really freaking good, which is going to pay tremendous dividends for the whole. Which tells you the head coach and his staff have been doing a fantastic job of recruiting and there'll be another one just like that one to come right behind him. And the way this recruiting has gone over the last three years, expectations are if Alfred Collins gets to play the way he's supposed to and he reaches his peak, there'll be another one right behind him coming very, very soon. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think we're expecting that from a lot of these players, you know, as we, as we talk about them. I mean, guys like Byron Murphy, I mean, here's a guy that we've watched for two years now, and this guy has a, has a motor like you wish all the players had. Now, he may, sometimes he may not be tall enough. He may not be quick enough. He may not last long enough, but I know one thing. When he's on the field, he's going to give you 100%. And I've got a, I got a feeling this is the way this young man plays, and this is the way this young man practices too. Yep. I mean, those, those things just don't happen on game day, the way a guy like Brian Murphy plays. Brian Murphy plays like that at practice. Everything he does is one way, and that's at a fast pace. So yeah. there's going to be a bunch of those kind of kids coming to the University of Texas way this group recruits you talked about your defensive player of the game you're going with alfred collins yes i am okay. i'm going with him you're buying I, in I'm, i bought into that i bought into that the day that kid walked off the bus it's just <laughs> when was going to be his time we've all been sitting around waiting well he doesn't have any more time time is up this is it this is this is it this is the Unless he's on the jt here. daniels trip where he can go play at eight other places uh, the perry ellis plan yeah that's what's going on here the defensive player of the game is brought to you by kenfield golf cars if you are in the market for a new or pre-owned golf cart i've got good news our friends at kenfield golf cars are right around the corner founded in 1979 they have an unparalleled selection of different golf carts available both new and and used and they want to turn your golf cart ideas into reality no job too big no job too small for the great team there if you've got an existing golf cart and you want to upgrade it or if you want to build your own new golf cart nobody does it better than our friends at kenfield golf cars check out their website kenfieldgolfcars.com or give them a call 512-258-8515 i'm gonna go with jalen catalan as my defensive player of the game we're Texas. really out there reaching yeah, well, the, the the reason why I'm hesitant to pick Catalan is I don't know how much he's going to play today. Sure. Right, because the Texas coaching staff, they want to keep this dude healthy. I mean, Limit his snap. He is one of the five best players on this Texas sure. roster. And, and not everybody realizes that because he's never played a game at the University of Texas. But some of the stuff he did early in his career at Arkansas. Hell, we talked to Jeff Howe, part of Texas Sports Unfiltered, and, of course, Horns 24-7. He was telling us uh, just about just the, the hype surrounding Jalen Catalan since his time back in high school. And this guy's got high school film that college coaches still talk about and point to as like, no, that is the guy. That is how you play the safety position. I mean, if this dude stays healthy, he's going to be special. So I don't know how much he's going to play today. Maybe Texas limits his snaps because of what looms next week. But I do think uh, us Longhorn fans are going to get a little bit of a taste of what Jalen Catalan can do. I think uh, some poor Rice wide receiver is going to get laid out in the middle of the field, and there's going to be some oohs and ahs from the 90,000-plus at DKR because Jalen Catalan is that type of player, and when he hits you, you feel it. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's almost 205 pounds, and 
He's been playing like this since he was a freshman. He has the ability at times to knock himself out with his hits, and that's what scares me about him. And when it comes to shoulder injuries, he's had this shoulder injury for the last couple of years. Yeah. But when he's on the field, he's dynamic. He's a dynamic player, not only when we talk about hitting, but he knows where the ball is. I mean, he seems to be around the ball a lot, which means he's around the pile. Where there's where there's a pileup, Catalan will be there. So if there's a loose ball, if there's a fumble, look for this guy to be on fumbles. Look for him to be there for batted balls, loose ball drill. He'll be around for it. I mean, he plays like that. But there are times when you worry about players like this. I've seen players like this that, you know, you always want 100%. Sometimes guys give you that 125% where they, they you know, they use themselves as missile. They, they just project themselves onto other players. And when they hit them, it ends up hurting themselves. And I'm not saying he's a bad hitter. I'm saying he hits hard. And he hits hard a lot. He only knows how to hit at one speed. Yep. And I worry about that with him. And, and hopefully they'll limit his reps today because they've got some other safeties. They've got some young safeties that they need to get out there during the course of the year because – Jalen Catalan has been hurt a lot in his football career. Yeah, and they've kind of kept him in bubble wrap throughout sure. fall camp, right? He did not ever have back-to-back days of contact, right? They would put him in the green practice, non-contact sure. jersey every other day. So they've tried to keep him as healthy as they possibly can. And you said it. This guy only plays at one speed. You yes. can't be like, hey, Jalen, just maybe take it's, your step Yeah, yeah, back you know, it's rice. Okay? You hey, need to cool I know off we're all bit. gas, no breaks, but maybe a tiny <laughs> little bit of breaks for you, Jalen, please, so you don't break anything. No, you can't tell him how to do that because that's what makes him – that's really right. One of the best safeties in the country. Absolutely. When he's able to stay on the field. Yeah. I mean, he's he's gonna have to he's gonna have to understand his limitations too when it comes to the way he has to the way he has to hit, who he has to hit. He's got other people around him. He can force some things back and somebody else can make the plays. But as I said, he's what you want in a football player. He's what you want in a safety. But there there seems to be a time where he just needs to gear it down. Just a tad, you know, uh, to keep himself to keep himself healthy. I worry about that with him for sure. We got a, a super chat, by the way. Shout out to Michael, my business, with the five dollar donation. Love it. We need to blow this channel up. Love the content and commentary. God bless y'all. Hook him. God bless you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that and hook him absolutely. Thank you for those kind words and thank you for supporting Texas Sports Unfiltered. Buck, I owe you an apology. As we hit our first scoreboard update brought to you by our friends at Moonshine Patio Bar and oh, Grill. Yeah. I told you right before we got on today that the TCU Colorado game was a night game. Yes. Is it going on right now? It's going on right now. That's on me. And Dion's wrong. down by how many? Prime, Coach Prime is down by two touchdowns by now. 14 to 14 with 153 left in quarter number two. Colorado, Colorado scored was, 14 points. Colorado was up 14 to 7 at one point. The Horny Toads came back and tied it up, but we have ourselves a tie game with two minutes to go in the first half. So. 62 to 14 ain't bad. <laughs> You're putting okay. in the call? Yeah. You think TCU goes for 40 something unanswered right now? My goodness. So that's uh, your biggest game of the morning slate. The Oklahoma Sooners are in action right now. They are putting it on poor Arkansas State 42 to nothing. Still five minutes to go in the first half. The Sooners, the 20th-ranked team in the country, coming off of a very disappointing year one. I mean, it's the worst year Oklahoma football has had since the 90s. We enjoyed it very much. Uh, but they're off to a great start in game one of year two of the Brent Venables era. They're up 42 to nothing. Michigan, the number two team in the country, they lead East Carolina 23 to nothing at halftime. My sleeper. Yeah, your sleeper, the Michigan Wolverines, the second-ranked team in the country. And uh, one more score to give you right now. Tennessee, ranked number 12. They lead Virginia 14-3. to 
We'll give you more scoreboard updates throughout our pregame show. But all of those updates are brought to you by our friends at Moonshine. Yeah, of course. Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill providing comfort and cocktails for over 20 years. Two locations, one downtown on Red River and, of course, out at Avery Ranch. And, folks, they've got the famous Sunday brunch that you don't want to miss. Chuck and Larry over there have been doing this, and they've been doing it well. And for you kids, you you college kids that are bringing mom and dad to campus, do me a favor on a Sunday. Don't drag them. Well, I'm not against the Waffle House or some of these other places. <laughs> Take them over to Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill because they're going to pay anyway. It's not like you're paying for your mom and dad when they come into town for a football game or a weekend to see you as a college student. Huh. They're going to pay for the brunch. Oh, of course. So let them pay and let them play at the place like the Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill where brunch is something oh. very, very special. There. Yeah, you can get a great dinner, but their weekend brunch. Oh, it's magnificent. Stuff of legend, man. I've been going there for years and uh, super happy to have our friends at Moonshine on board. You mentioned it, downtown and Avery Ranch, true, two great locations. Yeah, let them uh, cook you up a great meal and give you a fantastic dining experience. Shout out to Jay Ward, a $2 Super Chat donation. He says, this is for Bucky's Corn Dog Fund today going to be downing any corn dogs as you're watching the Longhorns this afternoon? No, I'm not. But if you want to keep those coming when we make our way up to Dallas for and the Cotton Bowl for the Texas-Oklahoma game, I may be forced to try that at least one more time. Yeah. Maybe I won't be eating cheesesteaks at the doggone <laughs> Texas State Fair, which is ridiculous. But, no, I'm looking, and we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to this season. And keep those $2 coming. Maybe I'll have two corny dogs. Whoa. No. What did the corn dogs remind you of? That little red rocket thing, you know, like the little puppies when they get all weirded out and excited. <laughs> I mean, it's just a weird thing. That's gross. When you bite into a corny You're dog. You're the only person who thinks of it no, like I'm not. that. I'm yes, not. You I are. can't be. I cannot yes, be. The only Everybody else likes that. corn dogs. When everyone else goes to the State Fair of Texas, they get a Fletcher's corny dog. You're the only person that gets a cheesesteak. They sell one cheesesteak for the three weeks for the me, fair is open, to me. and it's you. Yeah. They know you when you're walking up. It's like, here's the damn cheesesteak guy. Let's go out to Coming the freezer Austin, in the parking lot and go get this damn cheesesteak. the cheese whiz and just spray it on yeah. your hill, eat it. Yeah, that's you. You're Absolutely the only sad. one. That's so sad. Oh, my God. All right, let's uh, let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian. We talked a lot about the uh, the starting quarterback, right? We know it's Quinn Ewers. Sure. The depth chart came out this morning, and Brock, this will be cut number three here, my man. The depth chart came out this morning. You know, in years past, Texas has released it Mondays of game week, but they waited till game day to give us this this year. Quinn Ewers, obviously your QB1, but we've been asking, and everyone's been asking, who's the backup quarterback is going to be? Well, Steve Sarkeesian didn't really answer the question because the depth chart says Malik Murphy or Arch Manning as the second-string quarterback. This cut comes from Thursday when Sark met with the media down on the 40 acres. We've got the question and the answer Here's Steve Sarkeesian being asked who the backup quarterback is going to be for this game today. Just a real quick one. Um, Malik or Arch, did either of them separate? Did either of them earn that backup spot for this week? We'll find out. That was it. That was the whole answer. That, was it. that is your answer. Huh? We'll find out. And we're still going to have to find out because we've got an or on the depth chart, Buck. Always love the ors. I love, I've, I've always loved the ors at running back. That never happened when I was a running back coach. It was, that's the damn starter. That's the second guy. There's no oars or that or that guy or that. No. Well, when you had Priest Holmes and Ricky Williams, it made it a pretty easy decision. Oh, it was a pretty easy decision. You're uh -huh. absolutely right. Yeah, that, it's not as hard. But, yeah, Malik Murphy will probably be the second guy that we see come out there when Quinn Ewers is done by the third quarter at some time or when Sark feels like he's had enough, enough reps out there for, for game number one. 
and that should be probably around the third quarter or so. But I expect to see Malik Murphy in a fantastic spring. Obviously, he's brought that with him into fall camp. But, you know, both quarterbacks, both young quarterbacks, I mean, Arch Manning has had a pretty good fall camp too. I mean, one is just – one has been around college football a bit longer than the other. So I, I expect for Malik Murphy to be that second guy. But I expect for Arch Manning to be in the game too today. Yeah. I'm with you. I think all three of those quarterbacks are going to play at some point this afternoon, and I agree. I think Malik Murphy is the first quarterback off the bench for mm -hmm. Texas in the third quarter. Um, I think there are a lot of things that Steve Sarkeesian has to consider with the decision today, but also the decision this season, right? If something were to happen to Quinn Ewers, knock on wood that it doesn't, right. you know, Sark – not only he, does he have to focus on what's going to win him games this year, part of being a college football coach in the transfer portal era is making sure you're keeping as many of your guys happy as you possibly sure. can, right? You don't just have to recruit them to get them on campus. Now, once they're on your campus, you have to recruit them as well. So, you know, I think more for Malik Murphy because he's the elder statesman of the two. This is his second year, while this is obviously Arch's true freshman year. I think if uh, – you know, if Arch Manning is the first guy off the bench, then the writing's on the wall for Malik Murphy that he's got no real future as a starting quarterback at the University of Texas. Oh, he'll so he bolt might, out. He might hit the portal. Like, we've seen guys, I don't think Malik Murphy's going to do this because he could have left in the offseason, right? There were other schools that he could were could have left right after spring with the spring yeah, that he had. There were other schools promising him starting a starting job across the country, and no, he wants to compete, and I'll credit that, man. There aren't a lot of kids these days no. that want to compete. When they find out they're not the starter, the first thing they do is put their name in the portal, sure. and they're gone. So I, I don't know if Malik Murphy would be this guy, but we have seen players in years past in this transfer portal era hit the portal midseason. It's not like they have to wait until the offseason. Like, they just leave the program and they throw their name in there and then, boom, they start figuring out where they're going to go next. Like, that is something that Sark also has to consider. The most important thing is obviously winning games, but that kind of factors into the decision today and also the decision that could be facing him at some point later this but year. But for all of us, the most important decision is the fact that who is the second-best quarterback because generally quarterbacks in the University of Texas do not make it a full football season. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. And it probably in college football, there's very few of them to get to play, you know, 12, 13, 14 games in a season without something happening to them where they miss one game or they miss a, a quarter or two or a half of a football game. You have to have the best player. The best number two at the quarterback position right now is Malik Murphy. And when he goes in the game, you don't want to have a big, huge drop off. I mean, Arch Manning is going to get better and he's going to get better and better and better. But right now he's not to that point. He's, just barely out of high school. Yep. My expectations are this time next year, there will be a real, real battle because if Texas has the kind of year they have, Quinn Ewers will be out the door. Sure. He'll be he'll be playing in the NFL somewhere, and these other two now will battle out for that starting position. So I believe this group is going to get a lot of snaps. They're going to get a lot of reps during the course of this season because if I believe this team only going to lose one game, then those two quarterbacks are going to play a lot because there should be a lot of blowouts, and there should be, there should be a time, yes, when – when yours does get banged up, that next guy in, who when he gets in there, he's got to perform. And the, the coaching staff and the fans have got to feel good about the second guy to go in. Can't be about a name. It's got to be about the player. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to your contract year thing with Quinn Ewers, right? The hope is he has a really, really good sure. season. And here's his name called in the first round of the NFL draft next April. And then, yeah, it could make for an interesting competition next offseason. Plus, but, they're going to recruit at a level that of course. they're going to continue. It's not like when you have two young quarterbacks like the guys that are behind Quinn yours that you say, okay, let's just get a quarterback just to have in our program. You know, maybe a third guy that if something happens to one, maybe he can move up to two. No, you have to recruit high.
high-level quarterbacks at all times. You have to be in that portal. You have to be in the transfer portal. You have to be looking at graduate graduated players and say, do they fit our scheme? You have to constantly now be recruiting because they don't stay. Nope. You know, I mean, it's it's a huge high percent, whether it's in the 80s or the 70s, that a guy who comes into your program, if he doesn't play and he's a highly recruited quarterback, if he doesn't play by year two, he most likely is gone. Yeah, it's kind of a minor miracle that Texas has this quarterback room, right? You feel like it's one of the best QB rooms. Well, it's in hard the for me to believe Malik Murphy's still around. Yeah. Uh, in my mind, I thought he would be gone by the spring. After his spring performance, I thought that he would say, I got to get out of here. I got to go someplace and start playing football. He's a competitor, man. Like, he doesn't just think he's better than Arch Manning. He thinks he's better than Quinn Ewers. Of like, course, yeah. He's hoping to get that opportunity to showcase that over the course of this season. So he's not thinking of, well, when Ewers leaves, it will be my time. Sure. He's thinking of, no, I'm going to show the world this year that I am the best quarterback that we have. Well, these guys also know it, too. They know quarterbacks don't stay for the entire duration of a, a football season. Something will happen. Somebody will get hit. Somebody will come up with a thumb. A thumb will hit a helmet. Just those weird things that happen to quarterbacks. during, the, And he understands that if he's ready and, and ready to play and wins games, he may stay there. He may be that guy. My question is, can Malik Murphy play linebacker? Dude, Texas is a little short-handed there. 238, 240. I'm buying more into the 245, 250 range when I see that kid. I think so, too. He's a big one. And he's listed at 6'5". He apparently goes around telling people that he's 6'4", but I've been told he's more like 6'6", 6'7". I mean, this dude is a monster of a human being. And I think every Texas fan has seen the weight room picture oh, yeah. from a few months ago with all five oh, the off. of the quarterbacks. Bring on Texas off. Tech. Pose off. Let's have a pose off. No, you weren't a fan of the pose off? That's okay. It's nice. That was a nice thought. Well, if I was the guy standing next to Malik Murphy, I would not have been a fan either. No. Because he made that guy look like a baby. I he mean, looks like a tight end, a rush in. Dude. Looks like all of the above. Yeah. So I, I, I hope we get the chance to see him. I think we will get the chance to see him today. I think we will get the chance to see Arch Manning today as well. And it's funny, you know, at the end of the spring, it, it was obvious that Malik Murphy was QB2 sure. on his team, right? You look at what he did in the spring game. I mean, he turned a lot of heads, and that was one of the biggest talking points from Texas fans after the end of spring ball was just how good Malik looked in that game. And Arch Manning looked a little bit lost. Understandable transition right. from high school. Obviously, a big step up in talent going up against college kids at the University of Texas versus private school kids in the state of Louisiana. It felt obvious, right? There was no debate at the time sure. that Malik Murphy was the guy behind Quinn Ewers. But, man, fall camp, just the, the reports about Arch Manning. And I don't think this is, oh, well, he's a Manning and we've got to hype him up kind of thing. No. I think Arch Manning really got a hell of a lot better over the course of the summer. And that's why there's an or on this depth chart. If this game happened in May, there's no or. It's Ewers one, it's Murphy two, it's Arch Manning three. You've got the or. That has nothing to do with Malik Murphy taking a step back or anything like that. I think that's just a total testament to the amount of work that Arch Manning has put in and just well, the amount it, of It sounds like he's, he's an incredible worker. I mean, when he gets in the film room, when he gets in the weight room, I mean, he's used to being, he's been around this kind of football all his life, you know, starting from his grandfather. I mean, he's been through all this stuff. He's watched, he's watched, quarterbacks and athletes and how they prepare themselves and he knows he there's not a day he can waste when it comes to film work when it comes to workouts when it comes to worrying about your footwork he's done all those things it's just a matter of the speed of the game as yep. you said uh, and i don't i don't know about the private school he came from but I, I guarantee you it's not like playing 5a football in the state of texas or in california right it's a little bit different so he's getting used to the speed of the game he's getting used to the speed of the opposing players and the defensive backs and the speed of what his wide receivers are like compared to the high school kids that he threw to. So he's going to get better. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you don't, you're not the player of the year. You're not the number one 
recruiting the nation for nothing. Right. People, people understood where he went to school. They understood that when they took him, they were going to take a chance. Some would have played, some would have played, played him right now. He'd be the starter in a lot of places. And I'm glad he's not the starter at Texas. No, I'm very much glad he's not the starter. He can develop, let, let him sit and develop yep. into a, a great football player. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Arch. It's just no. I don't want a true freshman quarterback starting no. ever. You know, you want that guy to develop, to learn a little bit from somebody else and then get his I only want Bryce Young starting. Yeah. True well, he didn't start as a true freshman. That's right. He sat for a year, too. And Mac Jones. Like, That's a lot right. of people just assumed when Bryce Young got to Bama that he was going to be the guy because he was so highly touted. And Mac Jones was this, this three-star kind of chubby kid. Oh, yeah. Sark was a part of this. He gave the job to Mac Jones. They win a national title. Devontae Smith wins the Heisman. That Max offense Jones is, is great. For, uh, of course, he's playing for the New England Patriots right now. Yep, and Sark gets the head coaching job at Texas in large part because of that decision he made and what he was able to do at uh, the University of Alabama. Um, shout out to all of you. By the way, a reminder, we are giving stuff away on this pregame show. This is the official pregame show for Texas Sports Unfiltered. He's Bucky Godbolt. Y'all know that. I'm BK. Y'all know that. Shout out to Brock for being our on-site engineer. Shout out to the great Trey Elling III for helping with setup. Uh, We had a few guys here early this morning making sure everything was good to go and making sure that we were sounding loud and clear. And what a beautiful place. For you guys here. This is is first class, what they've done for us and being a part of Texas Sports Unfiltered. They have... There, Dan Covert has jumped in there with both feet and his entire staff also. They've been a, a big part of our setup. And, you know, as we, we were gathering, getting together this week, and Dan's been right there every step of the way. He's helped us with other sponsors. But most of all, he's wanted us here. He wants us to do every show in this building. Yeah. Try to tell him, hey, dude, that's why we're doing – that's why we're on YouTube, so I can get up in the mornings <laughs> and walk up my 18 flights of stairs. No, not 18 flights, 18 stairs. Okay, 18 stairs. Huge difference. Okay, yeah. You would have to start walking at like 6 o'clock for our <laughs> 8, 8 o'clock, o'clock show. show. Yeah, you had 18 flights of stairs. Okay. You would need a few hours to get up there. But thank you all to, to the Covert family. Yep. I mean, this is this has been really important for us. You know, we, you know, when you start into a new business and a new venture, you want somebody to really, really believe in you. And, and it's, it's not like saying, hey, listen, financially, just back us. We'll get everything else done. He's in this game with us mentally, and you know that. Yep. Because I got a call from him like, you know, before we even came close to starting the show, <laughs> just everything won. all right? Yeah, just one. <laughs> is everything okay? Everything all right? Yep. We want to make sure everything is, is set for you. And Stacy, and I mean, he's got everybody, Mike, the whole gang here. And we do appreciate it. And we appreciate all of our sponsors. We do. Yep. And that's why we like giving stuff away yes. on game day. We're doing that. Who else is doing that, right? I understand nobody. there are, are there a lot other of, game days. There's there are other, other pregame shows? shows out there, there that are? you can listen to and watch, but nobody can else. Can you hear them? I mean, do you, can you hear them? Wow, that's a good question. Yeah, if you're uh, trying to listen to terrestrial radio in this town, good luck. Yeah, good luck to you is right. Yeah, but we're giving stuff away. We've got a Hat Creek gift card we're going to be giving away. We've got tickets to see the Austin Duck Adventures. How about a duck boat tour? I love it. That we're going to be giving away. Thank you, Paulie. We appreciate that. And Absolutely. Soon you'll see our faces on the side of that duck boat. Oh, how scary is that? Very scary. I and mean, the tourism industry is going to disappear. <laughs> have all these people coming in from out of town, taking those duck tours, see us on the side of that boat. Hey, maybe that's a good thing. We'll have less people coming to Austin, you know? Yeah, you know what? Also, we will get that those $2, $3 that we are getting, these payments yeah. that are coming in. Yeah. Coming in by the- Super Chats. Super Chats, yeah. Just keep them coming in. Come on. We'll take that. We will absolutely take that. So we talked about Buck. The or at the quarterback position on the depth chart. Once again, if you're just joining us, Quinn Ewers, the starter. No surprise there. But Malik Murphy or Arch Manning, that is your two slash three in this quarterback room. 
we've got an or at the running back position. And we're not talking about an or for one of the backup spots. We're talking about an or for the starting running back at the University of Texas. And I don't know if we should put anything into whose name is listed first, because once again, there is an or. But the true freshman, C.J. Baxter, is the top name on the depth chart for Texas at running back. Then you've got the or, and then you've got Jonathan Brooks, who's entering his third year in this Texas football program. A lot of hype surrounding the number one running back recruit in the country. People are pumped to see what he can do in his first game at the University of Texas. But this is crazy, Buck. Some people over the last couple of days have been saying, no, Baxter actually has a chance to win this job. I don't know if he's going to be the first guy out there, but clearly he's done enough to get the or on the depth chart. Sure. He has made this a serious, serious competition. He really has. And, and you know what? If, if you're good enough, you're old enough. It doesn't matter whether you're a freshman. It, it doesn't matter. If you're good enough of a player, and this is the University of Texas where they have an awful lot of running backs and a history of unbelievable running backs. So, I mean, freshman play. I mean, that's one of those positions. Wide receiver, uh, running back, safety, those kind of positions – those are, those are set for kids. You don't have to be a three-year guy or a two-year guy with a lot of experience. Your natural ability will carry you a long way. And CJ, this guy's had a, he is one of the, one of the best in the country two years ago. So his time, it looks like it's now. And he's going to press a guy who's been around for a couple of years in Jonathan Brooks. I like Jonathan Brooks. I haven't seen enough of CJ Baxter to, to say that he should be the starter, but these coaches have. They've got a great running back coach there right now. Yep. So he understands what he's looking for. He's a pro. He's been a pro himself. So he understands what the position entails. And that means he has to do all the things that a running back has to do. It can't be, well, you know what? He's a little deficient in pass protection. No, if his name is in the or category, that means that's 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 probably the reason why he's not the starter because there are just some tiny deficiencies that he needs, and he needs that game experience to get that done. But as I've said before, once this kid makes a play in a real live game against a real live opponent, I don't care who it would be, Mount St. Mary's, hmm. if they were playing them. But he makes that cut and makes that move and that initial, you know, burst that we want to see out of this kid. There's no looking back. 6'1, 218, the height and wow. weight for CJ Baxter. Jonathan Brooks listed at six foot two oh seven. So yeah, the hype around CJ Baxter is real. And I'm a Jonathan Brooks fan. I, I am too. I've been saying all offseason long that he is going to be RB1 for this Texas team. Uh, I loved what I saw from him last year. Now, most of it wasn't mop-up duty. Sure. I did like what he showed in the bowl game when Bijan and Rojo were opting out. Uh, before Jonathan Brooks obviously got hurt towards the end of that one. I mean, Brooks averaged more than six yards a carry. Yeah, my only doubt about him, BK, was does does he have that legitimate straight-out speed? And I saw that in a number of games when he came in late in the games. I mean, if you're fast, you're just fast. That means you're fast against anybody. And I saw him take screens and quick screens outside and get through the alleys, and nobody caught him. And I've also seen him inside the tackles, his inside-the-tackle runs. He's not B. John Robinson. Nobody is. And they are going to miss that production, by the way. As much as oh. we're talking about these two young guys right here and how good they are and how they're battling for a position, that position at running back, you're going to miss an awful lot of production out of what B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson brought to you. That's hard to make up. But these two guys themselves can get that done. i like to see Jonathan Brooks be the first guy out just on the fact that he's been around a little bit longer. You know, he's paid his dues. But guys, like I said, when it, when it, when it comes to running backs, if you show that flash and you can get it done and you can do all the things that a running back has to do within the framework of what the offense is asking you to do, pass, protect, protect my quarterback, don't get my quarterback killed. Yeah. 
don't fumble the ball, protect our ball. It's not your ball, it's our ball. So protect our ball. And you can do those kind of things. Then, you know, now you've got four years of a great one, you know, and he only gets better at time. I mean, these running backs that come to Texas, they only get better as time goes on. And if the, if the quicker you get him going, the better. Jonathan Brooks, I'm not saying he has a, a ceiling, but it sounds like this young man's ceiling is very, very high. Yeah. CJ Baxter. So if he's ready to go, He's going to get he's going to get loose anyway in this football. Oh game. sure, both of those guys are going to play sure. a ton. There's no doubt about it, and we'll see plenty of Keelan Robinson. We'll see plenty of Jaden Blue as well. I mean, Texas is going to play a lot of its players in this game, and you would hope well, we by need the, the time starter we starter at running back in well, yeah. Texas, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it matters more who starts next week in Tuscaloosa. Sure, right? Because you know you, you would think that guy is going to get the bulk of the run. Once again, BK, we're talking about another position yep. that those guys don't last the entire season. You can't expect one running back to make it through an entire season playing at this level in the Big 12 and then playing some of the games that you'll be playing, like going to Tuscaloosa next week. Well, Texas was fortunate with B. John Robinson throughout his college yes, career, were. mainly staying healthy. I mean, I was watching Trey's kid actually was in here earlier helping us set up earlier today. Watching and, the highlights? Uh, we were watching some B. John highlights, and one of the ones that showed up was that hit he took in Lubbock where he got flipped up in the air and landed on his head. You know, that Scorpion tackle. That, move. That, that would have killed all three of us here. That sure. would have killed everybody watching right now and everybody listening to the sound of my voice like we would still be flat on the field in Lubbock absolutely if we sustained that and what does Bijan do well he just got up and he was perfectly fine Texas has actually had some good health in that running back room over the last couple of years well, to go along with the tremendous and tremendous knock on talent. wood they've had some good health throughout this fall camp yep I mean generally at fall camps you know you lose somebody to a, a, a catastrophic knee injury or somebody high ankle sprain that you won't see for six or seven weeks this group has been relatively healthy. I mean, I know they got to be tired because at this time of the year, it, you start to get, you get a little bit tired before the, you know, before the season starts, but that other Jersey on the other side will perk you up for a matter of weeks. But this group's been very, very fortunate. They've done some, yeah. really, that means they're training, they're training their workouts, you know, their strength and conditioning coaches have done a fantastic job on them. We haven't heard about any big injuries. No, according to Steve Sarkeesian, there's only one player who is unavailable for the Longhorns today, and that's Maurice Blackwell. We found out, I think, late last week mm -hmm. that uh, he's going to miss the first couple of weeks of this season. That's a big loss for Texas uh, at a position that Texas depth doesn't wise, have a yes. lot of depth, at linebacker. I mean, Mo Blackwell was going to play plenty today, but I don't think he was just a guy who was going to be playing in mop-up duty against Rice. I think that guy was going to be a part of the linebacker rotation in Tuscaloosa next week and for the first couple of games of this season. So he will be missed. But outside of that, you're right, this group has stayed very, very healthy, with this, which is fortunate. Let's hear more from, uh, from Steve Sarkeesian. We'll go with cut number five here, Brock, because we were talking about the running backs, Buck, and this was interesting. This comes from Monday, and somebody asked Sark about his biggest concern with this football team, and he started talking about the running back position. Naturally, you know, when you, when you lose two players in, in Bijan and Roshan who carried such a bulk of the load for us a year ago, um, what is that going to look like? How's it going to feel? And I think there's good, that's going to be a little bit of a process for us, and that's okay. Um, I think that they've got great players around them. They don't have to go in and try to, you know, some superhuman effort. They just need to do what they've done throughout practice. And um, I think that we've got a good group there. But ultimately, you know, finding that out, you know, we got a glimpse of it in the bowl game. Um, but, but I think now having a spring, a summer, a training camp to get themselves ready, I, I'm looking forward to watching that group play. 
Yeah, and that's going to be a big key for Texas, making sure that there's not a big drop-off from run game production. Now, I do expect this passing game to be significantly better sure. and more consistent than what we saw in 2022, but still, Buck, you know it. I mean, you have to be able to run the football effectively to be able to do all of the things that you want to do on an offense. If Texas is going to average 40-plus points per game, which I think is a number they need to get to to win the Big 12 this year and to maybe be in the mix for the college football playoff, at the end of the season, they've got to be a 40-point-per-game offense, and to do that, they've got to be able to run the ball effectively. I don't care who it is. I do know you don't have Bijan, and you don't have Rojo, so it's right. going to be a little tough, but they have to find a way to make sure there's not a big step back in this run game. Well, when you mentioned Keelan Robinson, there's another guy right there. That's a big play player. Does he get to carry the ball? You know, he didn't get to carry it very much last year because you had the other two guys and the great production at that position, but He's a pretty dynamic runner when he gets the ball under his arms. I mean, they've set him up. They've they've set up plays where he scores. I mean, he doesn't just get you a first down. I mean, this guy takes it to the house. He's got the ability to go 60, 70 yards with nobody touching him. I mean, I'm wondering how many carries he's going to get or is Sark going to set up plays that are just, you know, just for him, set up plays. And, I mean, I like the way he played last year. I like his ability even in close quarters, uh, BK, the way he – I mean, the way he finished runs – for a guy that's not that big, and, and and I think he plays bigger than he actually looks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He He's only five nine, one eighty eight. Yeah, he plays big. Yeah. He plays like about a two hundred ten pound running back. So he humps it up in there. But at the end of his runs, he finishes with speed, and he finishes with nice nice pad level. And I think I, I think he deserves more touches this year. And I'm trying to get touches for all of these guys. Yeah, but you can't get them. You can't get them all. I mean, C.J. Baxter is if he's as good as it is. Guess what? There are going to be less touches for everybody. But he's the guy. This is this is the, the speed guy right here. But I think when he comes in, look out for big plays. Let me ask you this. What did you mean when you said Keelan Robinson humps it up in there? I mean, at the end of a run, he powers it up there. I mean, he gives you that little extra, you know, on contact, give me another yard, yard and a half. Okay. That's humping it up in there. That's humping it up in there. Yes, that's that's what you call humping so it up in there. We want to see It's Keelan. not what happened to you on 6th Street last night we want to see him doing a lot of humping today is humping that what it you're up saying? in there yes yes in in where exactly in the into the line of scrimmage into the secondary uh, into the defender humping it, it up into the defender this how's is that a, this is a family program we have here and you're out here talking it's about the this. lingo it's the coaching lingo i don't know if that's real lingo i think you're making <laughs> that up right there man <laughs> Humping it up in there. Oh, my goodness. All right, we're into hour two of the Texas Sports Unfiltered pregame show. Uh, keep the comments coming, by the way. Appreciate the love. The uh, YouTube comments are brought to you by our friends at Clean Cause. Wanted to give them another shout-out. We appreciate all of the love and all of the support. Shout-out to those of you listening on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. We are rocking and rolling live on that thing as well. And a reminder, there will be a post-game show. Very Trey nice. Elling and Kevin Dunn. Yes, that Kevin Dunn. Back doing Texas postgame. They're going to get things rolling right after the clock hits triple zeros at the end of the fourth quarter. And by the way, Clean Cause is one of our good friends, Ashish. They, you can find Clean Cause at 7-Eleven. Your go. place. There that you is go. my place. That is my place. Uh, how about another scoreboard update? We'll give you a couple of more of these throughout the course of our pregame show. These are brought to you by our friends at Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill. It is halftime in Fort Worth, and Coach Prime's Colorado Buffaloes have the lead against the Horny Toads of TCU. 17-14, to 14, your score at recess up there at Amon G. Carter Stadium. Buck, 
Was that a thousand unit lock by you yesterday saying that TCU was not only going to beat Colorado, but beat, beat them. Breaks? Yeah, you said beat the brakes off of Colorado. They were nearly three touchdown favorites, and they are trailing at halftime. Coach Prime has his group on the road in game one, and the Buffaloes are winning. Come on, Sonny, what are you doing? Mm, they lost a lot from last year's yes, team. Yes, they did. And they yes, had a lot of did. good luck break their way in 2022 and route to the college football it's playoff. It's only halftime. It's only halftime, plenty of time, but not a lot of people gave Colorado much of a chance no. in this one, and they do have a three-point lead at the break. Tennessee, the 12th-ranked team in the country, leading Virginia 21-3. to The third quarter about to get rolling in that one. The Michigan Wolverines, Bucky's sleeper team. Yeah, the number two team in the country. Buck is calling him a sleeper. Uh, they're up on East Carolina, 23 to nothing early in the third quarter. And we've got one... Big 12 team in action. I'm double-checking, making sure that's true. Two Big 12 teams in action. One of them just started. Iowa State just kicked off against Northern Iowa. 0-0 there. But Oklahoma, 45 to nothing. Wow. They lead Arkansas State at halftime up in Norman. So a pretty impressive opening half to the season for Oklahoma. How about this stat line for Dylan Gabriel? 19 of 22, 308 yards and two touchdowns in one half of football oklahoma was a big favorite they weren't that big of a favorite they are taking it to the uh, red wolves of arkansas state right now so there's your scoreboard update brought to you by our friends at moonshine patio bar and grill definitely go say what's up to them yeah and and, and i'll say this this if you look at this oklahoma schedule it just is so fitting after the season they had last year this thing is so easy for them to start the football season out we'll see you at the championship game well, we'll see you at the We'll see you up in Dallas, and then we'll see you in the championship game. Yeah. What a what a way to go out for two teams in the Big 12 leaving to head to the SEC to meet in the championship game up in Dallas. That would be wonderful. Brett Yormark's worst nightmare. Oh, it, it would be. He's going to do whatever Absolutely. he can to make sure I want to see that, that happen, happen so badly. Ah, me too. Yep, I never root for Oklahoma, but this year would be kind of fun to see a rematch between these two teams up in Arlington, and obviously hopefully this one would go differently than the, the one we saw back in 2018. But you're right, very easy schedule for Oklahoma. Even though they're coming off of a 6-7 and seven season, they've got high expectations, oh, yeah. just like Texas. They expect to be at Jerry World in early December. Of course, we do too. All right, we've talked a lot about the offense. Let's uh, let's get to our offensive player of the game, brought to you by our friends at Verde's Mexican Parilla. Um, your pick, Buck. I will give you the floor here. The offensive player of the game prediction for you against the Rice Owls. Well, I'm going to make it real simple. If 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 the leader of the team isn't going in game one, how are you going to how are you going to get to that championship game? So I expect Quinn Ewers to be the offensive player of the game. That's a pretty simple and easy pick. I've got to believe. I think he'll I think he'll just do what he needs to do against this defense. Now he can be sloppy and they can still win the game, but I expect him to be very sharp today. I expect him to throw for at least four touchdowns mm. in this football game. I expect for them to run for at least four. I expect for them to throw for at least four or five touchdowns in the football game. This should be a blowout, and he'll be part of the blowout with his passing today. So, so eight I expect, touchdowns for yeah, Texas. I expect him to be the, the leader of the pack. Okay. And it's pretty simple, pretty easy to make him that guy. If he throws four or five touchdowns today, he's probably going to be the most valuable player on everybody's chart. No matter who he throws it to, no matter who, what the individual who catches – the most touchdowns today, but I expect him to be sharp and I expect him to be the MVP. 
that's where you should start out your football season. I'd be shocked if Quinn Ewers throws for four or five touchdowns today. Not because I don't expect because he won't be in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Texas is going to run the ball. They're going to have some rushing touchdowns. Sure, four of those. I think Quinn Ewers has maybe two passing touchdowns. I think one of the backups has a passing touchdown, but I think most of the scores that the Longhorns have will be on the ground. So I think Baxter will have one. I think Brooks will have one. I think Keelan Robinson might have one as well. I mean, I expect Texas to put up points. I think they'll be at least in the 40s, hopefully the 50s in this one this afternoon. But, yeah, I, I don't think Quinn Ewers is going to get to play long enough to throw five touchdowns to throw today. five touchdowns. And I think uh, there will be some goal line situations where Texas is just going to hand the ball off and give it to one of their running backs. But you're right. Like, I hope Quinn Ewers plays well. I hope he is the, or at least in the conversation for offensive player of the game. Yeah, and I see for me, I'm not talking about Quinn Ewers throwing them bombs. I'm talking about Quinn Ewers throwing 15-yard passes that go for 70 yards, that go for 45 yards for touchdowns. You know, I mean, I expect Xavier Worthy to have a couple of touchdown catches, A.D. Mitchell to be a part of that. Yep. But I don't don't expect him to have to or want to throw the ball in in goal line situations. I expect him to have runs that are long, too. There's going to be a lot of long plays today against this Rice defense. That's the hope. Those kids are going to get worn down. We didn't see enough of that last year from Texas, right? They tried so hard to make the bombs, as you like to call them, a huge part of this passing game, and it just felt like the chemistry between Ewers and Worthy just wasn't there, especially in the second half of the season. And it felt like, I don't know if this was Sark's play calling or if it was Quinn Ewers or if it was a combination of both, but it felt like when things started to fall apart for the Longhorns offensively, they would just take a deep shot and hoped and prayed that it would work. Of course. And they were thrown to a guy with a broken hand. Yeah, exactly. Really? And that was like, that was weird. So look, you don't need to be doing that as much this year, but hopefully the success rate when Texas tries those deep shots is a little bit, hell, a lot a bit higher than what we saw in 2020. And you've got more than one guy that can go and catch them bombs. Yep. I mean, Jordan Whittakin can get down there and catch them bombs. Eddie Mitchell can catch them bombs. You got guys that can come out of the backfield and do the same thing. So your target can't be that one guy every time. But I expect that one guy that you do target an awful lot to ca- catch a lot of them bombs. And you guys have, I mean, I hopefully they have their stuff together as, as, a, as a pair that when he throws them, he throws them on target. And when they do hit him in the hands, he makes the catch. And he doesn't have a broken hand. And you spend your time throwing them bombs to a guy with a broken hand. Yeah, another contract year player for this Texas Absolutely. team, right? Xavier Worthy, if you've looked at some early 2024 bot drafts you've seen Worthy's name popping up in the first round he's got to have a better year than he did last year to and end let's up not being a first rounder Chetavian Sanders let's not forget him as part of you only get one hold on you don't get to pick five guys as your offensive player well, no, I'm, not, I'm just saying he's going to be a part when I when I talk about wide receivers I almost talk mm. about him as a wide receiver more so than a tight end but as a tight end find ways to get him involved early and I expect that's this is the guy because Xavier Worthy is one of the best route runners when it comes to goal line and scoring zone. His cuts, I mean, the, his in and out cuts. But I expect Sanders to be that guy also catching uh, passes for touchdowns in the scoring zone. We know yeah. him, his ability, one-on-one coverage. It's going to be hard to handle him. Any safety, any cornerback or anybody that's back there in that secondary just covering him whatsoever. So I expect him to be part of catching and scoring touchdowns too. And they don't necessarily have to be Let's have jump balls. I mean, let's have this guy catch on the move and run into the end zone. Yep. So I'm still taking Quinn Ewers. I'm still thinking he's throwing four between four and five touchdown passes a day. Hey. They could come quick. Sure. Sign me up for it. I won't complain if that thing happens. And you're right. All of those guys that you're talking about, Buck, 
that's what excites me the most about this Texas team sure. in 2023. And, and we'll see it today against Rice. But, man, this group of pass catchers, when you include the tight ends, when you include the running backs with what they can do in the passing game, especially Keelan Robinson, right? I mean, that guy could be a receiver, I think, at some colleges across the country. They just have so many weapons. They didn't have that last year. No. And that's kind of going back to my point about when the offense panicked, they just chunked it up to Xavier Worthy and said, ah, oh, to hell with it. He's down there somewhere. Like, they don't have to do that this year because they just have so many good pass catchers, guys who have already gotten it done, some at other schools, but guys who already have experience, guys who have put up numbers at the college level, and obviously a couple of super highly touted recruits with John Tay Cook and Ryan Niblett as well. Hell, a guy who's, won, who's been in two na- who's won two national championships. Yep, and he's my offensive player of the game, by the way, A.D. Mitchell. Oh, really? I'm going with him. Yeah, a lot of people to choose from, but I think, uh, I think A.D. Mitchell has two touchdowns today. I'm going to go two touchdown catches for the Georgia okay. transfer. I hope so. I mean, I, I I just hope it works out for all of them. I hope that ball yeah. is spread around. I hope there's there. I hope, as I said, Quinn yours has his footwork down. I mean, I don't care who catches them just as long as, just as long as they catch them. Yeah. As long as somebody's score. catching them. That's right. Yeah. It's as simple I, as that. And and thanks to the folks there at Verde's. I love that for sure. I mean, their chicken, their stuffed chicken, by the way, is my favorite. How about this stuffed chicken breast? with zucchini and i hate zucchini yeah but at this place i love it zucchini cheese Peace? and mushroom oh okay How about mushrooms zucchini and cheese i'm in on that i'm not a, i'm not a zucchini guy but when i go to verde's bring that chicken breast on yeah shout out to our friends at verde's mexican paria located on hamilton pool road off of 71 oh yeah They've got all of your favorite Tex-Mex dishes, plus some traditional Mexican classics as well. Beautiful indoor dining area. Makes for a great date night. But they also have a giant outdoor oh, yeah. covered patio. Love it. They've got a huge grass area with footballs, with frisbees, with games for everybody and the whole family to enjoy. They can also host your party. They can cater to your next event. Go see them for a great meal at Verde's Mexican Parilla. Once again, Hamilton Pool Road off of 71, uh, off of 71 excuse me, in beautiful Spicewood, Texas, and they are the sponsor for our offensive player of the game prediction. You're going with Quinn Ewers. I am going with A.D. Mitchell. Good job. We talked about it, Buck, with the defensive line, right? You expect Texas to be able to dominate in the trenches. If this offense is going to do everything that we've been talking about in this pregame show, it starts with the big uglies up front. It does. Right? Those well, guys get neglected a lot. Everybody's focused on the quarterback and the skill guys on the outside. Those are the guys who make the highlight real plays. Those are the guys who actually end up scoring the touchdowns. But it's got to be good on the offensive line this year. It was good last year. I think Bijan Robinson being the best running back in college football maybe helped the offensive line look a little bit better than they might have actually been. But still, 2022 was the best offensive line year we've seen from Texas in a long, long time. This group should be better. Everyone's back. You've got depth. You've got experience. This offensive line should be one of the best in the country this year. And it should be too deep. It's not just the starters. This should be a group that, uh, when you come to the second guys, should be as good as the first. I mean, this they're loaded right now. And this is a group that's gotten a year bigger. It's gotten a year stronger. And, you know, getting together, you know, that coordination between the center and the guard, you know, the guard and the tackle, that – this is important. So now I've got two years under their belt. Under their belt, I think BK there'll be a better running group this year when it comes to moving the opponents off the ball and down the field a little bit. I don't think it'll have to be schemed up. I just think there'll be better individuals at run blocking. I thought you know the pass protection. Some people will would would say is is really really hard to do. 
But these they're talented athletes. We know what Banks is like. And, I mean, he moves like a dancing bear. I mean, that guy just is as smooth as can be, as tall, long arms, really, really nice agility. But I think when you have a senior at center, yep. uh, if you've got a, a senior, a four-year starter at center, he may be not what you really, really want. You want bigger. They all do. I mean, they all, they've always wanted to have a guy that's a 6'4", you know, 350-pounder. But they've got a kid in Jake Majors who's played for four years, and he's been getting it done. And he, and he, and he kind of coordinates what they do. He's the captain. He's the quarterback of the offensive line. And I thought he did a fantastic job last year leading a bunch of youngsters. And now with another year under their belt and him being a, a fourth-year starter, a senior, that offensive line should be even better, and especially in the run game. Yeah, you talk about Jake Majors, 27 career starts going into this season, uh, entering technically his redshirt junior year, but it is yeah. his fourth year fourth with year. the program, and he did play some towards the end of his freshman season a few years back. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him. You're right, maybe not the most stereotypical guy in terms of size and arm length and strength, yeah. but he's solid, and he's very, very important to the success. Somebody has to Texas be the conductor team. of that, and yep. he is. And that's him. That's him. And obviously, right guard, that's a position that uh, Texas fans are going to be keeping a close eye on. We've got another or on the depth chart for this one. DJ Campbell's name is listed first. If you care about something like that, he's the top name on the right guard spot for Texas. And then or Cole Hudson. Hudson started all 13 games last year as a true freshman. Did a fantastic job. Fantastic job. But I think every Longhorn fan – has expected this day to get here. DJ Campbell, the former five-star, yep. his second year in the program, former top 10 recruit in the country. Everybody was pumped when the Longhorns were able to get this guy. Shout out to the Pancake Fund for uh, making sure DJ Campbell ended up in Austin. But we're finally going to get to see him showcase his stuff. Sark said it throughout the course of the week. It really will be an or situation. Like both of those guys are going to play, and it's not just – Ah, Campbell gets the first half, and then right. and mop up duty. We'll get Cole Hudson in, or vice versa. No, you'll see these guys rotating series today, and you might see that moving forward. But to get to see DJ Campbell, Buck, that's exciting, right? Offensive lineman, watching them play, not the most exciting to a lot of people, but for me to see if this dude can live up to the hype because he is a mauler now, and if he can do some of what his high school film showed that he did oh, yeah. back then, then Texas There's is going to have game right well, going to have an even better offensive line. And you're right, the run game is going to be really, really good this year. Yeah, that the the run game with this group right here, as I said, they a year under their belts. This is this will be, you know, when you had guys like Bijan, there were occasions because they were young, you'd see a guy get loose. He'd be in the backfield, and Bijan would just flat out make a miss, or two guys he could make miss. This running back group right here is a group that's going to need. You know, to have contact down uh, past the line of scrimmage. Sometimes you're just going to have to maul guys. And this looks like the group that can just start to maul guys and help them get into that linebacker area before they get touched. At times last year, Bijan was just that good, guys. He was making people miss in the hole. Oh, yeah. At the line of scrimmage. He broke a tackle on every play. Yeah. Every single play, he broke a tackle. Yeah, and now this kind of group, they really can get downhill a little bit. I think this running game will start to smother teams and smother teams in the Big 12 where they overwhelm defenses which that's what you like to see that's what you like to see in the third and fourth quarter of a football game when you've got to run a clock out you know when you need a, a drive that's going to be well you know what we've got six minutes in the game really would like to take about three or four minutes off by just running downhill getting first downs and just saddling it up and they've got some guys you can saddle up and i mean big guys you can saddle up right here i'm just looking at the sizes of some of these guys on the offensive line 64 324 65 320 63 315 
6-3-21. Those are your starters. And then we didn't even mention Cameron Williams, the sophomore out of Duncanville. 6'5, 369, Buck. Guy's like 19 years old, and he's that big. Well, I bet you he ate a lot of eggs in high school level he was eating more than eggs at the high school level that guy was eating tables i think yeah and not Chris, just the stuff on the table you know and, and talk about a guy who's come back for his jt daniels sixth seventh eighth year i mean to have christian jones back that's a big get that was a big plus to have that young man decide to come back for another year of football mm-hmm. you know he he has aspirations like they all do 90 percent of i'm playing in the nfl and this was the way for him to come back and show nfl scouts that he's got the ability. He's got the body type to get it done. And if he has a good year, he'll get that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about experience with Jake Majors. I mentioned Majors has 27 career starts under his belt. How about 35 for Christian Jones? So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got some dudes on this uh, offensive line, and I'm excited to see that bunch. And I'm looking at Phil Steele's position rankings. I've got the Bible in front of me. This is my favorite Bible, go. after all. Sorry about that, Rabbi. But his offensive line rankings, he is Texas number four in the country. So that's a national guy telling you that he expects Texas to have one of the best O-lines in all of college football. That should be the expectation. I don't know if Texas has a top four O-line in the country, but Buck, I think they maybe have a top 10 O-line in the country. I'll buy that. I, and I think they should. Yeah, I think I'll they probably should with how well Sark is recruited there. And once again, with all of the guys coming back from last year's bunch, it'd be a little disappointing if we're talking about offensive line issues, plural. Obviously, not everyone's going to have an amazing day every Saturday, and guys are going to commit penalties, and I get it. That's how it goes. But we can't be sitting here doing pregame every week talking about, man, I hope the offensive line plays better this week than they did last Well, week. yeah, it can't be one of those where, where I wish they had more depth. They, this group has plenty of depth now. You know, they've been for years and years, BK, if the starter was gone, this team really, really struggled. I mean, you were begging the fine guys. You were making switches all over the place. But position from, from position to position – this team has backups that are that are capable backups that can go right in and get the job done. And yeah, they can intermingle some of these guys at different positions. Uh, but the starters for the the starters and the backups at at every position from center to guard to tackle, right and left, they've got a capable backup that can go play football. Absolutely. And you don't have to start mixing a guy, take a guard, make him a tackle. They have the players now. They have the depth that they haven't had in years. Yep, I'm with you. I think this is the deepest team Texas has had since 2009, and hopefully the results this year are similar to what we saw in 2009. Of course, the last year Texas won a Big 12 Conference Championship. You talked about backups playing. Let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian. We'll go with cut two, Brock. Uh, Somebody asked Sark point blank, do you plan on your backups playing a lot today against Rice? Here's Coach Sark. We're going to go play. Uh, We're going to play – like he said, we need to play. And, uh, you know, I think at a lot of the positions, we're going to roll a, a pretty fair amount of our two deep because we have to, you know, from a, from a weather standpoint, you know, it's going to be in triple digits Saturday. Um, I only, no one knows exactly what the heat index will be on the field um, Saturday at two 30, but I'd imagine, you know, we're, it's going to be up there pretty good. And so we're going to have to make sure that we've got a good rotation going uh, at all the positions. Quinn's going to roll. Quinn's going to play. Um, hope he plays great. Um, if an opportunity presents itself, we'll try to get those guys in, but, but more importantly, it's make sure we've got our rotation right at all the other positions and, and that we're executing and playing good football. Yeah. Quinn will play long enough to get those four or five touchdown throws (laughs) that Buck's talking about to make him the offensive player of the game. Thank you, Sark. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yep. He needs the snaps. He needs the reps. If there's ever a guy who needs the reps, it's that guy. And what better way to get him? 
then get them in there. Then on a hot, steamy dog crap day. Ugh, yeah. You go with the steamy dog crap again. Yeah. I you mean, find another metaphor to talk about how hot it is, please? Yes. You're talking is, about red rockets and dog crap today. What's, it is going what's to your be obsession hot. with dog? Go to A&M if you care about animals that much, <laughs> Reveille. What gonna, are you doing? It's going to be hot. It's going to be steamy out there. But he needs to play. You know, the guy that was posing with all the other quarterbacks, he needs to get out there and sweat today. Yes, he does. He yeah. really does. And 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 I think he, he's a guy that needs to be in there, as you said, not into the fourth quarter, but he needs to be a guy who gets a couple series in that third quarter, coming out of the locker room, how he handles coming out of the locker room at halftime. Yep. Even, even if they're up by three touchdowns, let that guy go in there and get the first couple series, let him throw his fourth or fifth touchdown, then get out. Yeah, we know Uris has done that before, right? He started 10 games last year. Sure. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's going to be the plan for Stark. I think the starters will start the third quarter, get a couple of series, and hopefully at that point the game is in hand, and then right. Stark can uh, sort of empty the bench a little bit and give other guys that playing time. Because you're right, you want Uris to get more reps, you want him to get more familiarity with his receivers and his tight ends and with the offensive line and with the running backs against another team. Because like you said, even though it's Rice, even though practice for Texas has been right. harder than this game is going to be, it's still a little bit different going up against somebody who's not your friend, somebody wearing a different colored uniform. It's a little different. And your so you mind changing sure your attitude when you come after sitting down in the locker room, oh. after it's been hot, you go in there and have your Gatorade, you sit around for a little bit, how you come out in that second half. You've got to see what, what kind of – you know, we talk about his leadership's ability. We're expecting him not to come out after halftime. It looks like he's had – five gallons of Gatorade and is sluggish and his footwork gets lazy. You want to see how he comes out and leads your football team into the third quarter for a couple series. I'm not saying the, you know, four series, but after about the second series, that thing should be over with him. Yeah. What's your perfect scenario for Texas from a scoreboard perspective? And we'll obviously give our score predictions a little bit closer to two o'clock when we wrap up the first ever Texas sports unfiltered pregame show. But you're talking about like a halftime score and the first quarter up by score, 21 and that you're saying three touchdowns by halftime up by 21 at halftime, you know, a comfortable 21, 17 to 21 points where you feel comfortable with your team and that you, that you're not really, you haven't been really struggling in the game, but you know, there's competition out there. You're not just rolling somebody, you know, not up by 40 at half, and, and guys are going to come out and be sloppy in the second half. I expect them to feel good, still be up by 17 to 21 points, BK. Come out into the third quarter. Your starters are still playing for a series. Maybe not your offensive line, and, and some of the guys in the secondary will get opportunities. But I expect your quarterback, the guy who you're going to see an awful lot come out after halftimes of a lot of games from this point on yep. that have to perform – I like to see him get two series and then go sit down. Sure. That's about the uh, first half line, by the way, in Vegas. It's around three touchdowns yeah. right now, anywhere from 20 and a half to 21 and a half. So Vegas is kind of expecting what you're talking about. Yeah, Texas the same guy that, who's picking TCU to hammer Colorado. Yeah, and we're getting a lot of uh, comments on our Clean Cause YouTube comment line today. Colorado went up 24 to 14. TCU responded. The former Longhorn, Jared Wiley, apparently had a nice touchdown catch to cut it to three. So Colorado still has a lead. In the third quarter in Fort Worth, 24 to 21, your score. As uh, we can get your scoreboard update right now before we shift over to Bucky's three keys to victory. As our TV turns off here, here at Covert B Cave, we got to get that thing back on. Oh, now it turned off. I don't know what happened here, Brock. I got it. We're improvising on the fly here. There you go. I learned how to do this, I think, before we started today. We want to make sure. Our friends at Covert BK, who are hosting us today, have their uh, gorgeous logo displayed on the television screen here with us today. Uh, scoreboard update. Mention it. Colorado 24, TCU 21. 
Second half just underway in Fort Worth. Oklahoma scoring again. They now lead Arkansas State 52 to nothing in Norman. That game early into the third quarter. The Sooners absolutely taking care of business. They're going to cruise to an easy week one victory. Michigan leading East Carolina 30 to nothing. The Wolverines about to score again. So no problems with the second ranked team in the country and their season opener in Tennessee. Leading Virginia 35 to three. Tennessee, a very intriguing team for me this year, Buck. Uh, obviously, they burst on the scene last year. They had that huge win over Alabama. They were mm-hmm. a top 10 team for large parts of the college football season. Quarterback that could have ended up in New York if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, they lost to their quarterback, Hendon Callgirl, is what I like to call him, <laughs> or Hendon Escort. It's up to you. They lost him, and things kind of unraveled for them towards the end of the season. But yeah, Tennessee, Virginia's not very good, but 35 to three early in the second half of that one. That is your score. They play school at Virginia, you know? Yeah, there's not a lot of football being played there. Very similar to Rice. They play school. Yes, they do. And Iowa State's leading Northern Iowa 7-0 late first quarter there. They play gambling. That's your other Big 12 team. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder how many (laughs) Iowa State players are betting on this one today, and I wonder what the – action they have across the country today so there's uh, your scoreboard update brought to you once again by our friends at moonshine bar patio and grill love it all right let's get your three keys to victory buck these are brought to you by our friends at hat creek burger company we'll talk about hat creek a little bit later but let's hear your three keys for the longhorns to take a season opening win against the rice basically bk when you get into uh First games and second games, it, it just gets it gets to be really fundamental. These are the things that coaches like to see. And one of the things, probably number one, is protect the quarterback. You know, we're talking about how good this offensive line is, you know, but we've got to see what how good they are once they get into real action. And you've got to protect the quarterback. You can't let somebody come free, hit your quarterback in the mouth, have him out of the game because there's more games to be played than just this game. So number one for me in, in game number one is always to protect the quarterback. Number two, establish the run early. Texas needs to establish its run game early. I mean, yes, we like Quinn yours. We want to see him throw them bombs. We want to see him throw those mid-range passes where guys catch and run with it. But establish your run game. I mean, go into the game letting everybody know. Let everybody know in the Big 12 and anybody else that you play, we're going to run the ball on you. Yeah. That's going to be that's going to be the first thing we want to do, and we're going to establish our run game. We're going to establish our run game early, and then it'll be there late for you. In the fourth quarter, as I said, when you have to run the clock out, or you need when you need a third and three or third and two and a half, you won't be afraid to turn around and hand the ball off to one of these running backs instead of throwing an interception or throwing an incomplete pass. And number three, I'm not going to say stop the run. I mean, there's there's like number three, three plus or whatever. Yeah. That whole thing, win the turnover battle. You know, make Rice become a running team. They're going to probably throw a bunch of short passes and try to to. That that's going to be their trick. Them. Their trick them is going to be let's get rid of the ball quickly. So make them a running team. Mm. Be able to step up there, take away their short game passing, and make this group run the ball because I don't think they make them one dimensional. They can't run and win the football game. No, they just can't do it against Texas. And then those are the other outliers win the turnover battle, protect the football. It's our football, not your football. You know, make the big play on defense, intercept it. If a ball is there to be intercepted, don't bat it down, intercept it. Yeah. But the three keys. Be protect the quarterback, emphasize your run game and establish it early, and make this team one-dimensional. Make them a running team. Mm. I like how you turned your three keys into about 30 keys Oh yeah, right yeah. There. Well, that's the old coaching <laughs> thing. Yep. Coaches always talk about, we want three things. We only want you to have 
you know, for me, goal setting is about three things because I can't go past three. Okay. But I can say about eight different things. Yeah. And coaches like to do the same. We want three things, but we really want 12 things. Of course. Of you know? course. I love it, though. I like those keys. I really do. Protect the quarterback. I mean, hopefully you protect everybody, right? You you mentioned that earlier, Buck. Everybody's so, a part of that because you yeah. can really say everybody's a part of protection. The running backs have yep. to pick up the blitz. The offensive linemen have to do that. The wide receivers have to run the right routes. So the quarterback, when he's ready to release the ball, he can release it. Yeah. He doesn't expect you to take three more steps when you only should take one more. So you're protecting him, too, by not letting him take that hit. So. Yeah. I don't expect Quinn Ewers to take a bunch of hits, but everybody's in charge of protecting the quarterback. It's not when I say that it's not just the offensive lineman; it's the wide receivers, the tight end, it's the running backs also. Yeah, he's your most important player. Yes, so, don't get that dude hit. So keep him upright. Hopefully, they keep him upright next week in Tuscaloosa as well. But yeah, Texas has avoided the catastrophic injury for the most part throughout fall camp. To me, today's game is an extension of fall camp. Yes, you can call it a little disrespectful to Rice, but. To me, that's what this game is. It's kind of a preseason slash tune-up game for what you have in store next Saturday against one of the best teams in college football. So keep your guys healthy. And I like that, too. Establish the run game. Like, Texas should have no problem, no problem running the football today. No. I mean, they, they need to average at least six yards a carry agree. against this Rice team today. And it should be Baxter. It should be Brooks. It should be Keelan. It should be Jaden Blue. It should be everybody in that Texas backfield that gets the chance to eat today. So uh, I like those keys, man. That's a solid, solid list. You know what else I like, Buck? What is it? A Hat Creek Burger. You'd like to have one of those right now, oh probably. Whether you're on TV or not, they're, they're always tasty. How about this? Our friends at Hat Creek are celebrating their 15th birthday this month. And to celebrate, they've got an awesome promo going on through Labor Day. If you head to Hat Creek from September 1st, yesterday through September 4th, Monday, and you order a combo meal, they're going to give you a free nine-ounce birthday cake shake. How about that? A free milkshake at Hat Creek. Anytime I can get a milkshake, and mm -hmm. especially for free, I'm, I'm in You're all it. in on that. Yep, yeah. just get you a combo. You'll get a free milkshake at any of the Hat Creek locations. They started as a food truck way back in 2008 on West 6th Street, my neck of the woods. Since then, they've grown. They're all over the place. 26 locations across the great state. They're all over Austin. They're in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Temple, and Waco as well. Great people, great burgers, great fun. You're going to give away a gift card today? And yeah. we will be. Yes, nice. we, we will be giving away a $25 Hat Creek Burger Company gift card. All you have to do to enter our giveaway, three things. Subscribe to the channel. That's one, Coach. That's one. Like the video. That's two. Leave a comment. Okay. And, and, and leave us some money. Yeah. <laughs> stretch it out a little bit. <laughs> no, that's it. Those three those things. Those three, that's it. We're not doing coach speak today. Literally okay. those three things. We're going to announce the winners. We're going to be giving away that Hat Creek gift card and two passes to the Austin Duck Adventure. So you and uh, your significant other, you and a kid, you and whoever can go on one Absolutely. of those great duck boat tours. We're going to announce the winners on Monday during Bucky and BK. So uh, make sure you're locked into that as well and listen to all the great content we have on texas sports unfiltered but uh that's it subscribe to the channel like the video leave a comment we're gonna hit up the randomizer again buck boy i, I gotta get a look at that randomizer because the language that we just make up on this show did you and i have <laughs> i mean our vocabulary from the beginning to you know to now now it's in pregame now we we make up these that randomizer is it a machine what is it i mean is it like the jugs machine. I know what the jugs machine is. Uh, you like the jugs. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the machine too. Yeah, so we've heard that about you. Yeah, yeah. So I need to see this randomizer. I, I don't, 
Is it a box? Did you just shake up stuff in a box and that's what <laughs> Put a bunch of names in a yeah. hat? Yeah, like I do for the golf tournament. Just pick a name out of the hat. Okay. Yeah. No, we're not cheating like, okay. oh, uh, all like right, you all do right. out there. No, that's legit. It's a website. It's like oh, random so dot. I think it's edu. It's very educational there. Just type in a bunch of names. Hit randomize. And Boom. it picks it for you? It picks it for you. Sort of like the box you shake up with the tickets and you stick your hand in and pull them out. Except you don't have to. Especially your friends. Yeah. Oh, oh that's my friend. Yeah. 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 You look at the name and then, ah, oh, nah. I don't like this guy <laughs> throwing this out. one to the side. Uh, we don't do that. Everyone's got uh, an equal opportunity to cash in on our giveaways. And who else is doing giveaways during pregame shows? I bet someone copies us and starts doing that now. Well, if you can hear them, if you can hear them too, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a concern with uh, some other folks out there, but uh, shout out to hat Creek, shout out to all of our great sponsors here on Texas sports unfiltered. This has been a lot of fun to this point. Well, talking about rice a little bit, you did just talk about their offense there. Um, I mentioned it earlier. They had a game against UTSA last year where they ran the ball 32 times and had a total of five yards. That's hard to do. That is very hard to do. That's impressively bad. And obviously, sack yardage is included in that as well. I don't think it needs to look like that for Texas, right? Like, Rice can have more than five yards on the ground today, and I'll still feel like this defense can have put together a pretty solid performance. You're okay with a 40-yard rushing day is okay? That's fine. But yeah, like, that's... Like, that's what I want to see from Texas. And just talking about this Rice team, man, like, there aren't a lot of guys that scare you. I mean, you talk about keys to maybe slowing Rice down, just contain JT Daniels and Luke McCaffrey. You know, that's that's the one guy. We're talking about a former four-star recruit, a guy who started his college football at Nebraska, a guy who started his college football playing quarterback. But he's a great athlete. He's a McCaffrey. Uh, he can move a little bit. Sure. That guy, like, that guy will be a decent test for whatever cornerback is going against Texas. I wouldn't be surprised if Rice tries to give McCaffrey the ball on some jet sweeps, right? They just find creative ways to get him the football. Anything his is, brother does. He is their best playmaker yes. there. So that's like, to me, those are the two guys you got to focus on. The quarterback, that's obvious, but JT Daniels is Rice's best player. And yeah, Luke McCaffrey, I think, is their best skill position guy on offense, just making sure that you are containing those two dudes. If you do that, uh, you should have no problem keeping Rice off the scoreboard. Now, they've got a pretty big running back in Broussard. He's a six-footer, 221. He's... This is not a 185-pounder that's running up there. This guy almost 225 pounds that can hump it up in there, too. Ugh. So he's one of their – I mean, he's a playmaker for them. They don't have a lot of playmakers. They, they just don't. They don't have a lot of depth, and they don't have a lot of skill playmakers. And as you said, Luke McCaffrey's one, Rashard is one, and then there's the quarterback. Other than that, they're just guys. Yep. They're just student athletes. <laughs> yeah, emphasis on student yes. when you're talking about this Rice team. All right, we've talked a lot about Rice. I get it. It's the Texas Rice pregame show here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But let's uh, talk more about the season as a whole for this Texas team. We sort of gave our season-long predictions towards the end of Bucky and BK yesterday morning, Buck. But, man, yesterday, I want to make sure you haven't changed anything because okay. you have been politician-like over the last couple of weeks with your overall expectations from this Longhorn bunch in 2023. Yesterday, you still said 11-1 and yes. in a Big 12 championship for this Texas team. Are you sticking with that prediction? Are you seeing just one loss in the regular year for Texas? I'm still seeing one loss somewhere. I mean, as I said yesterday, and I've been saying throughout our broadcast, I'm expecting the head coach to win two ball games in the Big 12 probably, or maybe even next week being one that he wins with his play calling. I'm expecting him to get better at what he does, I'm expecting the quarterback to get better at what he does. I'm expecting the team as a whole – to understand that these late fourth quarters, if they're up by seven points, it it needs to be 
all of a sudden they're up by 21 points. It can't be a dog fight. Uh, one more drive for another team gets a victory for the other team. I expect Sark to win two games, but I expect this team only to lose one game. There's going to be one day, that one game, one Saturday afternoon, that they're, they're just not up to snuff. They're, they're just, they just don't have it. And the play calling and the execution of the plays is not going to be there. Now, that's a little pessimistic, but it's, you know, it's, it just, it's just going to happen. This team will have one that they fall asleep on, you know, but, and one, maybe a team's just better than they are. And that could come next week, yep. but I don't expect for them to have three losses. Like others think they're going to have, I expect them to have one loss. And I'm thinking that game could be as soon as next week, but when, throughout the big 12, they have a better roster than everybody in the Big 12. They do. Hell, they may have a better roster than the team that they play next week. Mm. So I, I don't even know why I'm even saying one loss, but I'm going to give them that one day they're just not going to show up on a Saturday and they won't be able to overcome it. You hope it's just one of those days. Because yes, it's one of those days. That's been a huge problem with this program over the last 12, 13 years is they just play down to their competition, right? Yeah. Like they, there have been times where Texas has beaten some really, really good teams. And then well, you play in Iowa State or a TCU or a Baylor or a Kansas, God forbid, and you just let up and somehow you lose that type of game that you shouldn't lose. Texas is going to be favored in 11 games this year, Bucky. Yes. So Vegas is basically telling you that they think the Longhorns should be going 11-1 and one this season. They just can't have those letdown games. I get it. You're going to have days where, hey, not everyone's at their best. Well, you're going to have more than one of those, sure. but you have to come on top of those. Those those games for this, this football team with the talent – they have to come on top of the games where they have a little bit of letdown yeah. periodically through the course of the game, but it can't be a letdown to the point where they lose the game. Yep, Your letdowns can't be that way. In the Big 12, there's, you can have those letdowns, but it's how you handle the letdowns, how you can come through the adversity. They have to come on top of some of this adversity instead of us talking after games and, and post-game shows saying, you know what, if they only could have stopped that series, if they only could have made the play against Bryce Young last year, if they only let a Heisman Trophy – Winner looked to his coaching staff and said, I got this, guys. Let me just take over. Let individuals take over and beat them. Yeah. They have to be the ones where the opposing team is now saying that about them. Damn it. If we didn't let them take the ball on third and three and run the ball and get a first down in the run and get, you know, four more, three more downs to run the clock out, maybe it would have been, maybe we would have won. Texas has to be on the other side of that now. Yeah, Sark's got to be better. It's as yes. simple as that. I think that is going to be the biggest thing that determines whether or not Texas wins the Big 12 this sure. year. I mean, obviously, the players on the field, those are the guys who decide the outcome. I understand that. And Quinn Ewers is a massive, massive question, right? I expect him to be better, but he needs to be better, too, for Texas to get to Arlington and ultimately win this league on the way out the door. But Sark's got to be that guy. Yes. And you talk about it like – I think of more specific examples of what you're saying where Sark needs to go out there and win two games. There's going to be a day where Sark, uh, where Quinn Ewers just doesn't have it. Right. There's going to be a day where this team can't run the football. Well, for some reason, somebody's made a, a crucial fumble somewhere and, you know, everybody's dobbers down. So now everybody's heads a little bit down and the head coach has to say, okay, I've got the play for you. Figure it out. Yeah, Sark, figure, it, figure out. it out, right? right? Coaches are problem solvers. Like that. that's what Sark has to do. And at yes. times... This isn't just a Texas thing. This is his entire coaching career. When you right. go back to USC, when you go back to Washington, he just has lost the battle of adjustments too often. And it just has felt like his teams in those big spots that you're talking about haven't made those winning plays that you right. need to make to win championships. Sark has hopefully gotten to the point, and I'm still in wait and see mode on this. He's hopefully gotten to the point where he has evolved to where 
he can mat- match wits with those right. guys mid games. Because Buck, he is, I think he's the best scripter in the country. Early game, early, early game, the first sure. 15 to 25 plays. I mean, Texas was getting out to huge leads last year. Even in 2021, when they went five and seven, it felt like Texas was getting off to fast starts all the time. But just the coaches in the Big 12, obviously, it's going to get tougher in the SEC, but like they'd figure some things out, they'd make their adjustments, and Sark just couldn't win that chess match. Right. He's got to be better. He's got to find ways that, okay, after those first 15 to 25 plays, when the game is settled in a little bit, and yeah, the game of chess really does begin, he's got to prove the ability that he can go out there and not only match, but be better yeah. than these coaches in this and, conference. And on this, on this very program, I can't wait till we get into that part of the season where, where we have our, our, our the, the folks that listen to us text in and say, you know what? He did. He won that game last week. Yeah. That was, that was that guy who won the game. Yeah. The players play coaches coach, but, and you have to execute, but I want to have two games this year where we all say at the end of the game or, or the post game show where this is coach Sarkeesian. He won the game today for the football team. He didn't, he didn't sit back and then his team lost. He won the game, his play calling, whether it's an offensive play call or whether he calls timeout at the right time on defense, whether he uses tight end, uh, whether he uses timeouts properly or he decides to kick a field, whatever it is, he's the guy who won the game, not just the players, but the coaches won the game. I think he's got to have two of those this year on the way out in order to get into the championship and win the championship. I like that thought. And it felt like the first halves of games were all gas, no breaks, and then Texas would get into some traffic. That's why they play four quarters. Yep, especially offensively. So, yeah, just too many blown second-half leads. And a couple of bugaboos for Steve Sarkeesian. Trey has talked about this a lot. He has struggled against ranked teams, Mm -hmm. and he has struggled on the road in conference play. If you're going to win a championship, like I know Texas only leaves the state twice this year. Right. And they only leave the state one time in conference play. That's uh, their second to last game of the year at Iowa State where all of those kids are going to be betting. Yes. Oh, man, just handing money around in oh, the yeah, stands out there. The Jack Trice, they're going to be on the sideline taking side bets with each other. <laughs> I mean, some dudes playing Texas Hold'em or Blackjack oh, yeah, over over in the uh, the injury tent. Making phone calls on the sideline with their cell phones. Calling up their cousins over there to, nice. uh, to play some live bets on the game. But still, even though Texas plays most of its road games in the state of Texas, right, the trip to Waco, the trip to Houston, the trip to uh, Fort Worth, they have still struggled way too much on the road in the Steve Sarkeesian era. And obviously the record for Sark is not very good. He's 13-12 and in his two years here. But if Texas is going to win the Big 12, they've got to be better against ranked teams. Obviously they'll get a test of that next weekend in Tuscaloosa. But they just have to be better on the road. Now, I understand the atmosphere and environment getting to the players. We are talking about college kids here. Now, this is a more experienced Texas bunch than what they had last year. So I right. think they should be better suited to win games on the road. But I felt like Sark got lost a little players, bit. Yeah. yeah, at times in, in road games. And that's another thing that's just been an issue predating his time at the University of Texas. He has to be a much better head coach yes. for Texas. And this is not just a this year thing. Like, the coaches in the Big 12 are fine. Not great. I mean, we're talking about Chris Kleiman maybe being the best coach in the Big 12. Yep. No disrespect to that dude, but uh, look who's in the conference that Texas is about to go into. Absolutely. You need to get confidence from Sark this year that he can hang with the best coaches in the sport. And by the way, it's not just us as fans and and people that, that see football. The players know yes. that too. It's, yes. it's, another, it's, it's It permeates throughout the team. They know when their coach is making that call, that that they know that this guy just made a call that won us the game. They'll look around at each other and say, well, you know what, we made the play happen. But they'll understand when that play call came in, 
the confidence that they had to execute that play and it worked will be, they'll all look and say, that's the guy right there. Yeah. That's our leader right there. The coach did that for us. Yeah. We just did it like we do at practice every day. We just executed the play. Yeah. But he called the right play at the right time and he made the right decision. He has to do that for this football program this year in order for them to get to a championship game. Once again, get me to the championship game. Anything can happen in a championship game. Things happen in, in, in championship games, really things that you don't expect to happen, but get us to the championship game coach. Yeah. That's what we're looking for from this bunch. And I think the honeymoon period is over for Steve Sarkeesian. Yes. Right. And, and look for some people, it ended in year one when they went five and seven and it's like, all right, whoa. But yeah, year three, Sark has openly talked about it throughout the offseason that he finally feels like this is his team. Yes. He's got the roster he wants. He's got guys practicing the way that he wants. He's got the leadership, the culture established the he's way that he hopes. He's brought in coaches from other other places yep. to help him out. Yep. He's done a great job with that. I mean, Gary Patterson yes, last has. year was, I think, fantastic for this defense. I think they, they learned an awful lot from Coach Patterson and how he handled TCU and how he built that program. I think they've they built a little bit of confidence in themselves. And Kwiatkowski now, now can just continue to move, move forward with this team. This team should never be taking steps back now on defense. No. We shouldn't be seeing a Texas defense that all of a sudden, whether they go to the SEC or if they're playing in the ACC, it, it wouldn't really matter. This team now should be going forward in the way they play defense. Not backwards, not staying level. I think they'll still have one of the best secondaries that we'll see in college football as the season progresses on. But – they're going to have to have some war daddies on that defensive line, and those guys are going to have to step up. And I think they will. Yeah, I think I think you'll see. I think you'll see a defense that's that's hungry for not only pressures but sacks and yeah. turnovers. I think the success of this Texas team is multifold, but really twofold in terms of the record, right? Because you you can be nine and three and get to the Big Twelve championship and win it. Hell, you might be able to be eight and four, right? Sure. Like if one of your losses is to Bama. Uh, you know, three losses, you're flirting with disaster like Molly Hatchett expecting to get to the Big 12 right. championship game with that. But, uh, you know, you could be a 9-3 and three football team and still get to Arlington. There will be people who are disappointed with that. Like, I, I think for some folks, it's not just, hey, win the Big 12 title. I think it's, no, win 10 games in the regular season and also win the Big 12 championship. And your prediction on, on wins and losses, you know, you've asked me that. I have had one. Are you still sticking with yours or have you made a, a change? And the Kool-Aid really tastes good. Nah, not drinking as much Kool-Aid as you are. You've got uh, the burnt orange around your lips right now from all of the Kool-Aid you've been yes. guzzling this offseason. Still going 9-3. and three, And that's more optimistic than I've been for Texas in a long, long time. Uh, I think they get to Arlington. I think they win the Big 12 championship. And I'll, I'll be fine with that. I want more. Of course I want more. I hope your prediction is right and I hope mine is wrong. But... I just I don't have that faith in Steve Sarkeesian yet. You're not there with the head coach. You're there, there with the coach. players. You're there I, with the players. I think so. I mean, I've got questions, right? Like Quinn Ewers, I'm still, you know, waiting to see exactly what he's going to look like. But no, this this roster is the best roster in the Big 12, like you said. There's no doubt about that. And this this is a 10-win roster that Texas has. I'm just worried. You go out there and you talk about Sark going out and winning a couple of games. Yes. I'm worried Sark's going to lose a couple of games because he did that last year. And he did that the year before. And he did that at USC. So, like, I, I want to think he's evolved in his talent. He's got more talent on this team than he's ever had as a head coach. Oh, you so need maybe to go the to talent, church on Sunday. Maybe That's the what talent, you need to do. I, I don't you go need, to church. Okay, That's, you need to go to synagogue. You need to go. 
Well, if, I, to if I had to go somewhere. to synagogue, I wouldn't be doing the pregame show because our deal's on Saturday. Oh, sorry, so that's right. That'd be a little tough for me to do. Dang it. But, hey. But I'll, you need to go. I'll pray to whoever for Stark to be better to this hit year. Hit your knees and start praying for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll pray for some wins this year. But, uh, yeah, 9-3 and three is where I'm at. I still feel like this is a Big 12 championship team, though. And, uh, hey, hopefully they can get to 10. Hopefully they get to 11. And hopefully we're talking maybe about a playoff appearance at the end of this your year. expectations of today and uh, on the in, in this secondary seeing an awful lot of young kids play yeah i, I, I want to see this kid malik muhammad i mean i'm i'm hearing about him all summer long and the way he plays cornerback i'm i'm looking forward to seeing that guy get on the field and perform now i i love the the brooks kid from last year i, I thought watching him in the bowl game he came he became of age but I want to see the I want to see some of these young skilled freshmen get an get an opportunity to play today. And I think we will. And cover and they should be able to cover these guys. Yeah. I mean, they should be able to cover these kids. Absolutely. We've got about eight minutes left in the first ever Texas Sports Unfiltered pregame show. A reminder, we will have a postgame show. Trey Elling and Kevin Dunn will spearhead that. They will take all of your comments and questions, and they will obviously give their thoughts, observations, and takeaways from Texas and Rice. Hopefully they're talking about a easy, comfortable blowout victory for the Longhorns to open up the 2023 season. But, Buck, we've got to give our score prediction, and that's brought to you by our friends at Paul's Motorworks. They're awesome. They are awesome. 22-22, I love Paul. Yep, they've been providing complete foreign and domestic automotive repair in Austin since 2000. They specialize in BMW, Mini Cooper, Mercedes, Audi, Volkswagen, and Porsche. But they do so much more than that. That's where I go to get my oil changed. They can change anybody's oil. Yeah, they can do that. Yeah, if you need just basic car maintenance, they've got it. But also, if you need uh, car repairs, if you've got a nice vehicle out there, they're the best at what they do. Awesome people. Big Longhorn fans. They're fans of us. We're fans of them as well. Check them out online for more. PMWAustin.com. Bucky, your score prediction for today's game. Well, Quinn's going to throw four to five touchdowns. They're going to run for at least four. Now, they probably should run for at least eight. They should run for at least eight. They should run for at least eight touchdowns. They they can be in position to run for eight touchdowns. Well, I've had a player to done that in one game. So um, Howard Griffith. Howard Griffith. That's right. Still holds the record. So you're talking about eight rushing touchdowns and no, four passing. No, touchdowns. I'm talking about a total. Let me just give you a total of 63 points. Okay. The University of Texas. Twelve touchdowns is 84. Yeah, points. I understand. No, you're I'm not. You're go, not calling for that. No, I'm not calling for that. <laughs> I think Sark will call the dogs off by then. Yeah. I mean, you'll see. You'll see the water boys going out there and playing. He won't do he won't do that to Rice. He's a classy dude. He wouldn't do that to anybody. Uh, I would say 63-14. Okay. 63 to 14. So that's a win and an easy cover. Yeah, and that's the depth of this Rice team will be will come into play. They just don't have the depth. And Texas has too many skilled players that simple plays become missed tackles into big plays. And I think that happens a lot. I think it happens with the first teamers, but I also think as the game starts to wear on. And the Rice team is into their third, their third team players. Texas will bring in still have they still have guys that they want to look at that are second teamers. The score will get ugly. It'll get out of hand, and a lot of big plays will happen. Okay. I'm with you on the Texas win. I'm with you on the Texas cover. I'm going 52 to 13 as the final. So not as and much. And how did they get 13? How the hell did they get 13? Well, you have Rice with 14. I know, I mean, but I know you're gonna be thinking how you've got them getting into the end zone the, twice. Well, that's, that would be late for them, too. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, 
JT Daniels is is a decent quarterback, and maybe when Texas brings in its reserves, Rice will find some garbage time points. I hope it's not more than that, right? Anything more than that, and I'm worried about what oh, yeah. Alabama's going to do next weekend. But now I'll go 52-13, not as much explosiveness on offense, but uh, I think this will be a cool, calm, and comfortable win for the Longhorns. It won't be for the folks sitting at DKR, no. but I think it will be for uh, for these Texas players. But that's what fans do. They go to the games. They sit in the heat. They sit in the cold. They support their team. They support the quarterback. They support the defensive backs. And you got to see a whole lot of that today. I, I, I think for Quinn Ewers, this is this is such a, a big, big game for him. Not not just a big season. We all know what the season. We we talked about that for two hours. What the season entails and what we're expect our expectations. Yeah, I expect them to be in the championship game. I expect for there to be some really really tough battles that they'll have to face in the Big Twelve. Yeah. But they're they're better. They're just better. I, I I'm like you. I I have faith in this coach in his third year, but I but I see the progress in what the coach is doing as a coach and the people that he's bringing in and the people that he's kept. I mean, he's you know he's lost a, a wide receiver coach. He brought in another good wide receiver. He's lost a running back. He brought in another running back and a a skill running back coach that's played the game of football at its highest level. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the things that he's done around him uh, to make himself a better football coach. Now it's got to be game day with him. What does he learn from the other coaches that are around him? It's not just the one coach. It's not just your head coach. It's the coaches that are around you that make you better, and those are the assistants. Yeah. You know, have they made him a better coach? And I think by year three, and what we're seeing in the recruiting of the University of Texas, that this coach, the skilled players that he has, and, you know, I, I make just when I say, you know, eventually the talent will outweigh the coaches. If you keep bringing in five stars, some of your bad coaching will get outweighed by the just the talent that you have on the football field or they're getting to that part too so as i make light of it i still in the back of my mind believe this you don't win championships with a bunch of three stars right the kind of five stars that he's recruiting eventually some of the mistakes that you make they'll overcome your mistakes they they just will that's how good the players will be that's the hope because texas has had talent in recent years and they haven't been able to overcome coaching deficiencies yeah well that i i think i think that He's learned a lot. Yep. And I think we'll see the growth of this head coach as he moves on into the SEC. Yeah. It's a great coaching staff that Sark has put together. Yes, right? he has. He, he's done a much better job of hiring assistants than Tom Herman did and then Charlie Strong did. Sure. Uh, Sark has put clearly put a big emphasis on making sure that he can get some of the best assistants from around the country. He obviously brought a bunch of them in from Nick Saban's staff at Alabama, but the Tashard choice hire at running back coach, that guy's been a recruiting wizard too. He's yep. been awesome to have on staff for a number of different reasons. Chris Jackson, you know, Sark's first wide receiver coach didn't work out too well. Brings in Chris Jackson from the Jaguars out of the NFL, and that one has really worked too with the talent that Texas has there. Those guys are really, really good. So yeah, Sark's got good people around him. Mm-hmm. Hopefully uh, they elevate Sark a little bit. That's yes. what we're looking for this year. And hopefully that will uh, turn into a really, really successful season for the Texas Longhorns. Where are you watching the game today, Buck? On my couch. You going home? Where I have my bathroom. You're going to watch um, Coach Prime and company pull off this upset in TCU? Is 30, it 31-28. Colorado with the lead. Are we late? Getting close to the fourth quarter. Or just getting close to the fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is where to get beat by three touchdowns. Three t- <laughs> this is where TCU scores a bunch. God, come on, man. This Coach is where Prime, t- they're hanging. Well, that's good for him. That's good, that's good for Colorado. That's good for that program. And it's good to see those players rise to the occasion because I didn't think they would. I, I thought that program was going to take a couple years. Yeah. And I thought the way he went about it was going to be tough on, on the players and tough on 
you know, former alums. And it looks like he's got him where he wants. He he obviously knows in game one, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, worth every penny to this point. Oh, well, but there. we'll see because guess what? If you lose, a loss is a loss. It doesn't matter. I know it matters to us yeah. and our cousins, but in, in the thick of things, there's <laughs> There's one, there's one thing, you either win or you lose. Yeah, that is true. And it won't matter what the point spread is because when he gets in there after a game, if he loses, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter if he got beat by 50 or if he got beat by a field goal, late field goal. You're not going to like that as a coach. It matters to your cousin, though. But it matters to your cousin. Yes, that's exactly does. right. Yes, it does. All right, that's uh, going to wrap up the first ever Texas Sports Unfiltered pregame show. Shout out again to our friends at Covert BK for having us out today. This place is gorgeous. They basically gave us our own studio here, man. It is awesome. You're wearing a blanket. It is so cold in here. I know. The I AC. Got... This is the best AC in all of Central Texas is right here at Covert BK. Absolutely. Great people here, too. If you're looking for a new car, truck, SUV, come out to Covert BK. They Cadillac. will take care of you. The Escalades, yep, the GMCs. I mean, they've got seven brands out here in BK. This place is massive. It is gorgeous. They've got great people here, too. Another shysty stereotypical car salesman. Oh, no. Now, these are great people. Nobody's attacking you when you come through the door. Exactly. Great people running the show here at Covert BK. We are thrilled that they are such a huge partner with us at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Shout out to our other pre- and post-game show sponsors, Clean Cause, Verde's Mexican Grill, Kenfield Golf Cars, Hat Creek Burger Company, Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill, and Paul's Motor Works. Buck, this was a lot of fun. I will see you on Monday, my friend. Absolutely. Bright and early, 8 o'clock. Yep. As I go up those 18 flights, I'll be there on time. Whatever. Post game with Trey and KD immediately after the game. And, yes, the full brand-new lineup of Texas Sports Unfiltered gets rolling. We'll be live from 8 to 5 every Monday to Friday starting on Labor Day. Yes, I'm a horrible boss. I'm a jerk. I'm making everybody I'm work working on Labor Day Monday. That's going to do it for us. Shout out to everybody. Thank you all so much for watching, for listening, for commenting. Special thanks to Brock for being Thank our on-site engineer. Thanks to Trey as well for helping set up. For Bucky Godbolt, I am BK Brad Kellner. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy. And hook them. Okay.